everybody, welcome to the PlayStation Report, episode 145. A nice wow. 145 number. It's it's a very good, strong number right there. The multiples of five. Uh, we've got a special show for y'all this week, as we've been talking about doing this Game of the Year thing over again. Tyler is with me today. How are you doing, Tyler? I am wonderful. How about you? I'm excited to do this thing. Yeah. I'm a little bit tired. UPS has me working. Mm. I guess I shouldn't have said UPS. The courier service has me working. You know, it doesn't matter. <laughs> it doesn't I'm not going to talk too much about it, but yeah. they have me working today, and I'm going to be working tomorrow and Saturday and Monday. Wow. Monday, they... they I've heard rumors that Monday's going to be brutal. A potential nine-hour oh, day. It's the last day before Christmas, so I can see every, that. Every one of you is the problem. The people who are getting rush delivery orders because you procrastinated. I see I might be getting a rushed order, but not because I procrastinated, because I went, fuck, I don't have a copy of Christmas Vacation, so I bought Christmas Vacation last night. <laughs> So fantastic, <laughs> but I think I got it through Amazon. I think that stuff comes through post office. So, okay. But anyways, yeah, either way, I'm one of those people doing oh. a last minute item purchase. That's all right. This job is temporary. I'll be, I actually picked up another gig that I'm going to do in January. I'm going to be painting my neighbor's house. Ooh. The interior, not outside. Nice. So, so that'll be fun. Right on. But yeah, video games yeah. is what this is all about. It's that time. It is that time where year. I play in a championship fantasy football match while we talk about yeah. the greatest games of 2018. Yeah, you beat me. That's all that needs to be said. You, you yeah. got me. Your team didn't just, show up. Yeah, I didn't. My team my, did show up. Yeah, my team didn't really show up you know, the greatest the second Week. I will say I did score quite a few points, even outside of yeah. my twenty-two point kicker. You did, even if that was halved. I think I you had DeAndre Hopkins got you thirty-four. Yeah. So I yeah. had I had a Derrick Henry on my bench. He had twenty-nine and a half points. Wow. So I'm playing him this week. I'm not making that mistake. He gets a forty-point game and a thirty-point <laughs> game. Yeah. You right. know what? I'll take it. Yeah. You know. It is what it is. I had a much better year this year than last, so I'm happy with that. And now I can just enjoy football mm -hmm. instead of having anxiety while I'm watching it. <laughs> you know, it, it, it is anxiety-inducing, but that's part of the draw for me. Mm -hmm. I like feeling that. I like feeling it a little bit. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I'm excited to play in the championship against our buddy. Yep. Last time I scored 200 some points on him in one week. Yeah. And since he then, the, he's on a five-game winning streak. Yeah. Six, I guess. Maybe. Yeah, five, whatever. Fuck yeah. it. But yeah, he won out to get into the playoffs. And mm -hmm. He's still rolling. Yeah. We'll see. It should be exciting. Some interesting injury slash our players going to be withheld mm -hmm. at the end of the season. Yeah. But that's not what this is about. This is about video games that we enjoyed across the entire year of 20. It's been a, I can't believe it's the end of 2018. It's insane. I feel like but it wasn't But then when I long. think about it, 
there are a shit ton of games that I liked. I created. I I have a separate Google document that I haven't shared with you of all the video games that I've played this year. Mm-hmm. Actually, now that I think about it, and I'm just going to bring that up because why why not? Why not bring it up? It is that time of the year to talk about 2018 video games. Yeah, and I'm missing one here. I'm actually missing three here. So. Barring anything that I'm forgetting about, um, I have played 32 video games this year. Wow. That's pretty good. Counting. Yeah, it's, yeah, and I've, I have very positive things to say about pretty much every single one of them. Played 20. One. Hmm. <laughs> Yeah, 21 is where I landed, I think, so. I don't think I, I don't even think I put mobile games in here. I have played a couple mobile games, too, that I enjoyed. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, it's it's been a fantastic year for games. Yeah, it's been a hell of a year, for sure. I will never be able to catch up on video games. No. It seems, <laughs> it seems every year keeps getting better and better, and. Yeah. Well, maybe, maybe we'll, we will have time in this weird transition period between generations of console. We know it's coming. Yeah. Soon. Yeah. I, Within like, the I, next two years, I imagine it's going to happen. Right. And, it's just, we're getting to a really weird period. I mean, next week we'll go over 2019 releases, but, you know, looking at it, there's a lot of big games out there without release dates. Thanks, IGN. But uh, I don't know how many of them are going to come out in 2019. Yeah. Like the second half of 2019 is such a major mystery, you know, because are we going to know about the new consoles by then or anything like that? First half, there's some bangers in there. Hopefully. Oh, yes. So it, 2019 will be good, but 2018 was just fantastic. To me, 2018 was very... Um, uh, back, like backloaded, you know, like the first half, there was a f- some games that I really enjoyed. Yeah, well, I, I have most of these games listed in uh, chronological order. So, like in the beginning of the year, we had like Monster Hunter World, Celeste, Dragon Ball Fighters, Yakuza Six, and then God of War to kind of cap off a lot of the beginning of the year stuff. Yeah, but it really wasn't until like September that I felt like it was like. A flood. Mm-hmm. It's been a crazy holiday. I mean, going into it, it was like, man, who's going to blank out of the holiday? And no one really <laughs> did at all. So we're left with an incredible year with no shortage of awesome games to play, which is exciting. Yeah. Exciting. And also, well, looking at my the number in my bank account, and I'm like, ooh, ooh, that's a lot of, <laughs> that's a lot of money I spent this year. But that's all right. Got to spend it. Got to spend money to make fun. Yeah, to have fun. Why not? Yeah. Typically, that's how it goes. And we had a lot of fun this year playing video games across all consoles. Yep. Across all genres. Yep. And we have a series of awards, if you want to call them. And we're going to start off with the one that has nothing to do with PlayStation at all, because that's what we do here. We start off with not PlayStation. And uh, the first thing we're going to talk about is the Outsider Award, which we will be giving to our favorite game that came out outside of uh, the 
PlayStation ecosystem. Yep. And Tyler, you have four games. I have five games listed here. Yeah. Um, I guess I'll start off with... Yeah, why don't you just super- run down your whole list so and then I'll run down mine. I've got listed here from bottom to top... Super Smash Bros. Ultimate, Forza Horizon 4, Pokemon Let's Go, Octopath Traveler, and Battletech. Yeah. Three of these games you have on your list. Yeah, I have uh, Donkey Kong Tropical Freeze, which is a re-release, technically, um, but it's still just such an incredible game that everyone needs to play. Uh, Pokemon Let's Go, Super Smash Bros. Ultimate, and Forza Horizon 4. Okay. There. So before we, all right, let's let's talk about the games that we have different from each other. Uh, how about you tell us a little bit about uh, Donkey Kong Tropical Freeze? Yeah, I mean Donkey Kong. Tro- Whoa, my computer just went south. But uh, Donkey Kong Tropical Freeze is just an incredible 2D platformer, and it has incredibly fun levels. Uh, the the design of the levels. It varies, but they're always fun. Like, there's never, there wasn't one level where I was like, that wasn't fun to play at all. You know, and and there's always that kind of Nintendo curve, if you want to say, of you can just get through the level and have a good time. And, you know, it varies, you know, challenging. Tropical Freeze is a little bit harder than most platformers, but there's some levels that were just really fun to get through. But then there's also. There's that secret up there. There's that that Kong piece that I'm missing or that puzzle piece that I'm missing. It's the only one I need. I'm going to get it. And so, you know, you kind of have that difficulty that you want. And also, the soundtrack's fucking awesome. The levels are beautiful. It's just a great game. And it's also, at least with this pre-release, it's kind of make it as hard as you want. You can play as uh, Donkey Kong, uh, which, you know, that's... You know, the traditional way to play through, that's the way it's meant to be played, which is a little bit harder. Or you can play as um, Funky Funky Kong. Kong. I'm just now remembering that Funky Kong. Yeah. So so if you're having a hard time, you can just play as Funky Kong and, you know, there's still a challenge there, but you can still, you know, get through levels and enjoy the game. It's it's fantastic. Oh, boy. So, if there were any other award, if it were eligible for any of these other awards, would you put it down for any of them? Like, if we're, let's say in this fictional world that this came out on a PlayStation, is is there any place that you would nominate this for? I would probably put it in the Game of the Year and Soundtrack category, but um, I wouldn't put it, like, number game one of for the Game year. of the Year. So, overall, it would be in your would, top ten for... Oh, yeah, absolutely. Okay. I loved it. Awesome. Awesome, yeah. awesome. Glad to hear it. Um, I have two games that you haven't played, uh, mm-hmm. one of which is Octopath Traveler, another Nintendo Switch game. Um, it is a fantastic throwback RPG. Uh, <laughs> this, this, this award is almost the Nintendo Switch award. Because <laughs> almost. almost all the games, except for two, are on um, Nintendo. Well, no, th- three. Three. Four, actually, if you count my... Well, no, three if... Yeah, three. Poco... Wait, no. Uh, you have uh, Forza... Uh, Forza and Battletech. Octopath. Uh, well, no, yeah, Forza and Battletech. I thought there was an... Oh, I guess I... 
there's another game that I didn't put down here that I, I was <laughs> I must have been debating. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, uh, Octopath is just an incredible throwback RPG, very much in the Square style of uh, turn-based RPGs. Uh, it has probably the most beautiful art style in video games this year. Uh, the, it would definitely go down under the style category if it were eligible and soundtrack it i think it has one of the most incredible soundtracks of the year right uh i i think it is it it is just stylistically one of my favorite games to look at because just the way that they deal with having the uh having the sprites and the the backgrounds how it's kind of like it looks like it's a little bit of a telescopic view so you see stuff in the foreground the background and it, it looks like it's a structure but it's flat art um, yeah, the visuals of that game are stunning mm-hmm. to look at. Yeah, all of them. I have not finished it. It is a very long video game, an yeah. incredibly long video game. Dude. You know, the kind of video game that I tend to start playing and then mm-hmm. almost like maybe a couple years later finish. Yeah, there. When you think about it, there has been so many long games that came out this year. Just huge games. Mm-hmm. I mean, you could buy like two of them and be fine the entire year. Yeah. Lots of just massive games came out this year. But. Absolutely. But yeah, that's Oct- I would also probably put it down under Game of the Year. I believe this might be one of the... It might even be one of my top five favorite games of the wow. year. Wow. But my other game that I have down here, Battletech, would be my favorite game of the year. Full stop. Full stop. Best game, game of 2018 is Battletech. Yes. Wow. I, I think it is very clever how it layers so many different things, such as, like, you're running a mercenary company. It's a tactics game, but there's an overall strategy to it because month to month you have to make ends meet. You have to make enough money to pay all your mech warriors, pay for upkeep on your ship, on your mechs. Uh there's there's that layer to it, but you have to think about that also while you're in the tactics mode, and you have all these mechs that are it it has something for everybody here. It has the tactics of moving across a board with these mechs and getting into position and firing on other mechs. Uh, but even before you get into that, you have you slot your mech individual mech warriors, which have their own capabilities and statistics and traits. You slot them into each mech, which you can outfit in different ways with different weapon setups, different armor setups. And all that, all that kind of stuff. There's so many different mech frames that you have, baseline frames that you can use, uh, and you you assemble that. There's there's kind of a tinker work with that. Like if you if you're like a mech engineer, you get to tinker around with that, and then you get to the tactical bit of it where you're in the fight, and all the while you have to think: Is this contract that I'm taking on worth finishing if I take so much damage? Mm. And there's a risk reward that you have to manage uh, because you might be able to finish the mission, but it could cr- cost you either like one of your best mechs or one of your best pilots. And that might even that might make it not worth it to even finish the contract. You might just pull out mm. and just not finish the contract because it's not worth losing your best mech or your best pilot. Yeah. It, it's got a pretty good campaign as well, and it recently added a uh, career mode, which is free from the campaign. It's just managing your mercenary company over a set amount of days to get to get on a leaderboard of scores. Right. But yeah, I I'm having a lot of fun with it. It would definitely definitely be my game of the year. 
Uh, I'm not sure if it falls under many of the other categories, but it is. I, I've not. You know, I, I, I listen to a lot of different people about video games, and uh, my mech daddy, Austin Walker, pointed this one out to me. <laughs> mech daddy, that's funny. And uh, yeah, it, I'm just so glad I found this found this game, and it's it's been a joy to play throughout the year. But yeah. Let's talk about some of the stuff we played. Some of the stuff we played. Actually, all of the, the remaining three we've played together. Yeah. In a way. Um, talk about that SSBU. Yeah. Smash Brothers to me is just so much fun. And, and, and I might put this at number one on for this category if I just would have pl- been able to play more of it. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's, it's a relatively new game still, but... And, and and that's another thing is there's so much shit in this game that I've literally only been doing the normal like battles and trying to unlock the characters. I have not even touched World of Light. I've touched Classic Mode, but that's that's about it. But still, just the the battling itself is just so so fucking fun, and and it's so easy for anybody to get into it. Yet, you know, it does have a pretty high like skill ceiling to really get good at certain characters. The stages are awesome. the The selection of music in this game is through the fucking roof. Um, the fighters are great. I mean, it, it's just overall, I think one of the best packages in video game history. Yeah, absolutely. It's Everyone's tight. here. Yeah, it's and it's. That's that's the one thing that I don't like about Super Smash Brothers is the unlock system. It does suck. But outside of that, I think it is obviously. You, well, you just said it like the most complete package here. Uh, it's what I've enjoyed most about it is the World of Light stuff. I've played through a lot of it. Uh, it's so much fun, and I think it's very clever too in the way that it makes all these different scenarios work within the within the framework of super mm-hmm. of the of the game like certain characters that you're fighting that don't necessarily exist in the game but they find a way to make it make it work make it feel like it's actually that fight right yeah and it's just it's it's total i, I love smash brothers when it's chaos when it's just you don't know what the fuck is going on i love that aspect of it and then i also love just the tense moments of like there's only three of us left we all have 120 percent plus damage what's gonna happen who knows it's just like fun stuff like that to just i don't know you you can only play that game and have a smile on your face the whole time if you ask me it's fantastic See, as someone who plays actual fighting games uh it gets frustrating sometimes for me when it when the camera pans out. It, it gets frustrating for me when I can't necessarily see specifically what's going on. Mm-hmm. That, but that's just a thing that's always been in Smash. It's mm-hmm. always been a Smash thing. I've learned yeah. to deal with it. But yeah. that's one of that's one of the things about that game that I don't know that I don't like quite as much. I love that. The best stage in Smash Brothers is Palatina's Temple. And that zooms out like a motherfucker, especially when you have eight characters you on screen. You need a bigger fucking TV so I that can see true. what the hell is going that on when we're on Palatina's Temple. I won't lie about that, but it's, it's lit. Palatina's Temple is 
that's where grudges are settled, in my opinion. I mean, that's where someone just goes hide, hides in a corner and no one notices and they have three stocks left. Yeah, everyone. but it, it's like playing Battlefield, but Smash Brothers, when you have eight characters on there because there's just all these little skirmishes going on all mm-hmm. over the place, but then it all comes down in the end and it's pretty, pretty intense. I love it. Yeah. yeah. Let's talk about Pokemon. Yeah. A game that we probably had low expectations for. I, I know I did. I think most people did. Honestly. It turns out, not bad. No, it's, it's turns out it's fantastic. Good. Yeah. It's kind of the only game that I've been wanting to play recently until, like, I'm just like, I just want to finish this game because it's just, it's Pokemon. And it it has more of the old school aspects to it than I thought it would. Mm-hmm. And those aspects are why I've always loved the series and not the the hot take here trash that is sun and moon i fucking hate sun and moon but with let's go i was really worried about like the catching mechanics and be honest with you i love it it's fun as shit to to just be like oh there's there's the pokemon up in the wild that's who i want i'm gonna go get it you know and just catch it i think i think that structure of how you actually get into encounters with wild pokemon is smart and that's one that system of seeing the Pokemon in the wild is something that I'd like to be carried forward into 100%. what they're called, what the, is anticipated as a mainline yeah. Pokemon game. I'd like that, of anything here, I'd like that to uh, mm-hmm. be brought forward. Yeah. And what I like about this is uh, it's kind of a, I guess, a story and an adventure that we've all experienced a million times because this is the third remake of these games. Mm-hmm. And I what I one thing that super turned me off about Sun and Moon is how just handholdy it was. You couldn't walk anywhere without someone talking to you over and over and over and over again. And then you walk down here and over and over and over again. Someone's just yapping their goddamn fucking mouth. And the game just didn't let you go. Whereas it just feels good to get back to how Pokemon was where you're going through this cave or this really long route and there's 25 trainers along the way and no Pokemon Center around unless you want to walk all the way back or Mm -hmm. something. And it gets kind of intense, you know? I love that. Love that about it. It just, it's it's addicting. It is missing some key features, though. Uh, So far, I've I've beaten the game. Mm -hmm. There isn't really a rematch mechanic, which is something that has been in recent Pokemon games. I think ever since past, I think the third generation of Pokemon yeah. games. It's I'm trying to remember. Rematch. I remember they put it in Heart Gold and Soul Silver. I'm trying to remember if it was before that, but yeah, that is something that I wish it had. Mm-hmm. For sure. And well, no, it was in Ruby Sapphire and Emerald. Oh, was it? There was a rematch system there. It wasn't very good, but there was a system where you could get rematches. Okay. Um and yeah, there's no you're breeding. Right. You're right. There's no breeding, yeah. which is kind of a pain, especially if we want to fill out a Pokedex. Mm-hmm. The main thing being the fossil Pokemon. If you have a friend that you're trying to complete a Pokedex with, don't be like me and evolve your fossil Pokemon <laughs> before trading it over and getting it on their Pokedex because that's a pain in the ass. The only yeah. way I could help my buddy here, Tyler here is if I created a child account which and started crazy. a new game and got all the way to Cinnabar Island. Yeah, or you bought that second version, bro. <laughs> like they always want you to do. Oh, God. I used to be the crazy person buying both versions. 
But now I'm just like, eh, whatever. You only need one. I mean, ever since Emerald, I was like, are they going to keep doing third versions? Yeah, that's it. It'll be interesting. I love that. that. I love uh, having having a third version that comes out a little bit later. Yeah, me too. We'll see. And uh, lastly, there's Forza Horizon 4. Oh my god. Which yeah. is just an incredibly tight fucking game. It is just... It is... It's an expensive game. Not well, not not like it's more than sixty dollars, but it looked like it oh, has yeah. all the bells and yeah, whistles. It does. It's it's gorgeous, and I just think there's a little bit of insanity here on the part of Playground Games. If like they kind of re- have remade this map four times, that's just nuts because mm-hmm. it's a pretty huge map, and you know the whole seasons thing just really does change the game. Um, they really improved the Forzathon events in yes. this to make it more like a public event. It's just, it's incredibly fun to be part of them. The racing is as good as ever. There's no racing game out there that just feels as good as Forza mm-hmm. does to me. Like, Gran Turismo just doesn't even come close, in my opinion. It's just, Forza's so fucking fun. And Horizon's just, I love the motorsport games, but Horizon's where it's at because... You know, you can just ball out. You know, you can go into the corner real fucking hot and just slide around the whole thing and keep your momentum and, um, or, you know, going off these massive jumps the right way. And it's just, it's fun. Mm -hmm. It's incredible. And the whole, like, kind of always online aspect to it is another really awesome thing. It, it, it's probably my favorite uh, racing game. <sighs> probably my favorite racing game. Yeah, I, I've had that thought. I, I would agree with you. Yeah, it's... And it's not even just that it has my favorite favorite feeling racing itself. It's just that outside of it, it, it just feels so much fun to just have the game even just running. Like, it has a... It has a ton of fun soundtracks with between the radio stations different moods that you can get it's yeah and uh the ai stuff with the just the ai characters and how different like uh event lines go down it's it's just got such a joy to it and also like the do it your way sort of progression in the game you like playing dirt events go do them all Mm -hmm. you know what i mean and you can really level up that way and it's that's a smart way to do it too. Yeah. It's awesome. And also yeah. the cars are really good. Yeah. And they're pretty. And you can get houses. And it's got super wheel spins. Yeah, super <laughs> wheel spins. <laughs> Which is baby. so dumb, but I <laughs> love it. It's like three wheel spins in one. Yeah. Oh god. Yeah, it's a great game. It's kind of you know, and I, I like the console, but it's really the only reason to turn on your Xbox this year. And you didn't even play I, it on I there. did not. I, <laughs> I've i not turned on my Xbox this year. Holy shit. Well, actually, no. since moving. Uh, since moving, mm-hmm. I have not turned it on. Yeah. Because I remember there up. was one night you and I went back and played Halo. And it was fucking yeah. awesome. But, yeah. I think it's been... That was, like, probably April or May. Yeah. I mean, I thought about it. The, the only two games... No, there's three. Well, besides, like, I played some Siege, and I played Halo 5, 
you know, in Call of Duty World War II. I played more of them, but they're older games. But like newer games, Forza 4, and I played Sea of Thieves for a long time one day that one day we all mm, yes. played it at we did yeah because it was I, snowing like a motherfucker and we all well you were down in alabama but uh up here no one was going anywhere because it was so yeah. bad and all we did was play sea of thieves and it was fun um but then it was they've like, done a lot to that game since but we just haven't yeah, gone back to it right the only game i finished on my xbox this year was bullet storm <laughs> <laughs> which I did like the first week of 2018. I was sick. And then I also would finished it while listening to giant bombs, like game of the year stuff. Cool. Because that's what you do with that game. You put it on mute and you just shoot shit and yeah, you I'm listen to something for, I'm else. I'm looking forward to that next week. <laughs> Cause it's a fun game to shoot shit. It's not a fun game to hear about anything that's going on in, but anyways, that's an old game, but yeah. All right. So out of all of these, I know I said Battletech would be my game of the year, but I think the one that we both feel similarly strongly on is probably Forza Horizon 4. Mm. I feel like that's the one that we both had a just a an equal amount of excellent fun in. Right. Because I get annoyed about Super Smash Brothers Ultimate. I put it on here because I do enjoy playing the World of Light stuff, but Mm-hmm. The multiplayer gets a little convoluted and too chaotic for my fighting game tastes. Mm-hmm. But I understand why you enjoy that. Yeah. Uh, then Pokemon Let's Go, it's it's a fantastic game. It's a lot of retreading old stuff. That's true. That's true. I mean, I, I could see... I think with these awards, I think we should just pick a top two, a winner and a runner-up sort of thing. Um, and I could see Battletech getting on there. Yeah, because you're just you're really passionate about it. It seems like a neat game. Not my thing, but it seems cool. I want to get you into these kind of games <laughs> somehow. Like you, you haven't played an XCOM, have you? Nope. The only strategy game I've honestly played is Mario and Rabbids. And you played liked all that, the way didn't through. You? Yeah, I loved it. It was fun. It was it was a lot of fun. But I'm also not very good at those sorts of games okay. in a way man so i'm gonna, I'm gonna like, have to sit down with you sometime yeah so i like that it was like simple you know but maybe i could bring over actually i could probably play it off this laptop here we could go through a a battle tech uh career mode if you don't feel like doing the uh campaign mm-hmm. you could do a career mode that would be fun yeah there we go yeah, so the winner of the Outsider Award is Forza Horizon 4, runner-up being Battletech. Tyler, it is time. I think we should just, rev- you know, because we ran down what's on our list pretty quick, and then yeah. we just went into it. I think we should just unhide these one by one as we run down. Okay. You know, instead of doing the whole thing. So, okay. why don't we get into the best multiplayer? So, yeah, we talked about playing some games together. We played Forza Horizon 4 together. We played Super Smash Brothers together. Yep. We've done some trading in Pokemon Go. <clears throat> but, as for PlayStation 4 video games, multiplayer games, it's time to talk about our favorite multiplayer experience in the PlayStation ecosystem this year. I feel like this is going to be pretty easy to decide what two are going to be on here, but maybe the winner, uh-huh. who knows? But yeah, it's going to be. Yeah, because I, I, I feel like I know what we got it as the top. We each two. picked five games. Yeah, 
So my number five game is Laser League. Right. It's a very unique multiplayer experience where you're where there are two different colored teams teams that uh, are trying to capture laser nodes that move across the map, and there are different maps with different patterns of all the lasers. And there's a strategy to how you want to do it with like different classes and how they interact with different maps and stuff mm -hmm. like that. I think it's it's probably it's one of the most unique multiplayer experiences I've had this year and I I thought I thought it was a shame that it didn't really catch on. Right. Because I, I think it's it's a fantastic game that just never caught on. Oh, my number five? Yeah. Uh my number five. Um have Overcooked 2. Oh, yeah. I totally forgot that game was... Game Overcooked 2 is just... it's. I mean, it's more Overcooked, which is why I don't have it higher. But there's nothing wrong with that. It's still a fantastic game uh, of just total chaos and fun to play with friends. I think... Um, I think we just need to start a different campaign and just do the whole damn thing. Dude, Cause why get, not? get a bottle of Jim Beam. Let's do it. Let's just fucking do it. Oh, man. Maybe, yeah. All we'll, right. Yeah, we'll figure something out, but it, it's it's a great game. I'm trying to think. What do I have? Okay. I, I know what order. I have everything in now. All right. Next up, we've played this together. Soul Calibur Six. Yeah. I think it is. Good game. It's my favorite fighting game of this year, uh, and I think the multiplayer is very good. The netcode is pretty solid. I've played online matches, and they're a lot of fun. Uh, and it's, it's fun to see everyone else's creations with the character creator and everything online and sharing that. Uh, there could be better tools about sharing stuff, but I think Soul Calibur 6 is just... I, I love Soul Calibur, and it's been so long since we've had one, mm -hmm. I felt like it deserved a place on one of these lists. Yeah. So I, I put it on the... I feel like if I played it more, I would have. Or if I had a game, I would probably put it on here it's a good game uh my number four is a goofy one um i just want to remind everybody that overwatch is still a great game <laughs> and so it's my number four multiplayer of the year okay because i fucking love it as long as it's not still. fortnite yeah <laughs> um i think if if game of the year would have been in june i probably would add fortnite on here and honestly you would have probably had it on here too maybe uh but uh, overwatch uh yeah it, it's good and and i have it on here because um one the new maps and characters that they added um this year are fucking awesome uh i just played ash the other night okay. uh, which is the brand new like gunslinger the she's so fucking chick. fun yeah she's just got this rifle that's super powerful these uh dynamite you throw out bob is her ultimate that just goes out and wrecks everything she's fun uh wrecking ball is great um, but then also the new maps they've added, um, Rialto is incredible with some great finishes in it. And the new one that they just added, Busan is just incredibly beautiful, strange, but also very chaotic where they have the control points. And then lastly, how they've kept the game interesting and balanced with some of the other characters, like totally rehauling them in a way, Torbjorn, uh, Symmetra, Hanzo. Uh, I think is one where they made some really good changes, giving him a dash, his storm arrow abilities, fucking awesome. Uh, Mercy's the one where they've changed, but they've had trouble balancing her. I mean, she can be really broken at times, but Diva's another one. Like I enjoy those changes for sure. So 
That's why I have Overwatch on here. 2016 game, but it's still lit. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I don't think it it doesn't deserve a place in winner runner up, but I just wanted to acknowledge that it's still fucking cool. Okay. All right. My number three game was a game that came out early this year. Monster Hunter World. Ooh. And it is one We'll probably talk you know, we'll probably talk about this later. But I, I think the multiplayer in that is it is so much fun to get a whole pack of people together to go just whack on a huge monster. And it's I just think it's so much fun to see how different uh different players intera- interact and uh how they take monsters from different angles and how different weapons have kind of synergies with each other and how certain people, certain weapon styles kind of get in each other's way. There's just a lot to enjoy there as a multiplayer game in Monster Hunter World that I, I've i had so much fun with it playing with people online. And mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's good. It's It's great even. My number five, three, what am I saying? I have... The Jackbox Party Pack 5. Oh, shit, yeah. Which as a multiplayer yeah. game is incredibly fun to play when you get some, a group of friends together. Just some fantastic laughs to be had. Some shade to be thrown. Um, and in the whole uh, product game mode, it's just fucking awesome. I mean, it's one of my favorite things that, that has happened this year in games that I've, I've experienced, honestly. We've enjoyed a lot that game a lot, but yeah. which one of the games is the one that propels it the most up to here? Which one of the game modes? Yeah. In inside a Jackbox? Yeah. It's the whole product one. It's the whole product? Yeah. I mean you, you can't it, which one's your favorite though? No, I'm talking about like what's what's that game mode called where you pitch a product? Oh, that's pitching. what I meant. Okay. Yeah. It, uh it's um Pat- patently stupid. Patently stupid. That's the one okay. to me that just takes it to a whole other level. It's incredibly fun. Yeah. So the ra- the um, rap one that was very good as well. But. Madverse City. Yeah. All right. Let's peel the bandaid off. Let's yeah, let's, let's take these it. off at the same time. Three, two, one. Oh man! <laughs> I had a feeling it would go down like this. <laughs> oh, That's funny. God, That's very funny. <laughs> so you have Blackout from Blackout Four, number one, and Gambit from Destiny Two at number two. I have the reverse of that. Yeah. Oh man. <laughs> Get your knives out, boys. <laughs> <laughs> you want to fight, boy? Yeah. Here's the thing, I, I just so thoroughly enjoy playing Gambit, no matter what. Um, it and I love the strategy aspect of it. Mm-hmm. I think the strategy aspect of it and the teamwork is awesome. Like when you can pull off a really dominant victory or come from behind win, those are sweet. Um, or just those really tight finishes of, you know, you're both. Both teams are going after the, the prime evil at the same time, and it's like, oh shit, what's going to happen? Uh, that that stuff is just thrilling to me. And and the maps, I, I find the maps to be very fun to play on, and it combines what's great about Destiny. You know, it, 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 I love shooting shit, and you literally get to do both versions of that. You get to shoot humans, human players, and in crazy ass aliens. 
And that's just fucking awesome. And then they put it together and it creates something very exciting. Now, Blackout, though, is to me like the Battle Royale mode to play. Just it's, on consoles. It, yeah, admittedly. That's true. Uh, like, it's just it's way more fun than Fortnite to me. And I, it, that might be because I am very bad at Fortnite and I'm OK at Call of Duty. You know, just mm-hmm. for playing Call of Duty for fucking however long at this point. Call of Duty is an instinct at this point. Exactly. Life. But there's still something very just thrilling when you're in a very good match of uh-huh. that, you know. But that's my thing of like Forsaken, I feel like is a little bit more consistent with you're you're having fun. You're doing something where Blackout, you can have a string of five matches and nothing happens, mm. you know, where you don't get anywhere. So what... What I will say, as to my reasoning to have it in the order that I do, I think Destiny 2 Gambit is very frustrating to try to queue solo. I think that is it is, true. I that think is it is extremely true. frustrating to queue solo because you can... A lot of the time, you'll run into a team with at least one person who does something that could cost you the game. And I, I feel like in Call of Duty Black Ops 4 Blackout... You have the opportunity to queue solo, or if you have friends to play with, there are, like, duos and squads that you can play in. I just think it's more, like, you get a more consistent level of, like, expectation going into a Blackout match. Like, you can, and I feel like Blackout, you can choose how you want the match to play out as well. Like, you can choose to drop in a hot zone, you can drop just outside the hot zone, or drop off somewhere remote. Mm Mm-hmm. And then pace the match the way you want it to go. Yeah. And be as aggressive as you want to be. I feel like Destiny 2 Gambit, there's only one way to play. And that is like balls out. Try to collect as many motes as possible and put up blockers. Mm. Uh, look for their meter and send an invader when it when it's ri- when they have a ton of a uh, ton of motes held. I, I just feel like there's more variety in blackout in the way that it's played. That that's what propels it above. Destiny 2 Gambit for me. Yeah, I could see that. And, you know, the thing with Black Ops 4 is there is, you know, strategy yeah, to I, that as well. If I to expand this out as to just Black Ops 4 in itself, it has its, its traditional multiplayer component as well. Mm-hmm. I just decided to specify Blackout because that is the thing that comes up comes to mind that's when the I, selling point yeah of it yeah traditional multiplayer is great i think the traditional multiplayer to destiny 2 is fun yes um as well you know I, if i had to choose i'm not sure which one i would go with because they're both kind of similar to me um but then also i like if you want to get into it destiny also has the cooperative aspect yes it does and it, and it released a lot of uh a lot of cooperative content with that uh mm-hmm. with that forsaken expansion this year yeah and that's that blind well too yeah which is really good yeah but i haven't sure. played call of duty black ops i haven't played the zombies in black ops 4 either no. so i i'm not sure man this this is just this is tough yes this is a tough decision see uh, <sighs> both of these because uh, I don't want to get to something a later award I guess later argument with these game modes of you know I'm just kind of surprised how well both of these work mm-hmm. maybe not from a technical aspect but just from a fun aspect of you know Blackout is way more fun than I thought it was going to be um, 
Cause I thought I was going to be dropping into that and you know, it's fucking cough duty. I thought there was just going to be some dick bag, just no scoping me all the way across the map. And that doesn't really happen at all. Um, cause the map is very large, <laughs> very, very large. And also the way that projectiles work, no scoping wouldn't necessarily work from long distances mm-hmm. because there is projectile tracking rather than hit scan. Yeah. And, and one argument to be made against Forsaken, I feel, is that uh, I feel when it comes down to crunch time in Gambit mode, there's really only a handful of ways to really just fucking finish it off. Mm-hmm. You know, Sleeper Simulant, there's certain supers that will only, you know, really, really do a massive chunk to the boss and stuff. Mm-hmm. So you're kind of limited in scope at times mm. in that which I think could you know be an argument against it for sure I mean we, we've I both had enormous amounts of fun playing both of these together mm. I think I think I we just should feel go with blackout huh I think we should go with blackout yeah I, I just feel that when out of these two like the one that I've had more fun with consistently is blackout because when I'm not playing with you guys and I try to play destiny 2 it just it doesn't True. feel right to me to be playing without my friends. Yeah. Yep. Let's do it. Call of Duty Black Ops 4 gets best multiplayer of 2018. And the runner-up is Destiny 2 Gambit. Right on. Yeah, that was a tough one. That, yeah, that was a pretty good one. That is tough. Oh, man. And then let's move on to our next award here. The most improved game. Tyler, you have four games listed here. I could only think of two. Um, I imagine that one of those is Overwatch that you have over mine. No, but that's good to put on there. Number five. (laughs) Number five is Overwatch. (laughs) Okay. Um, Two of mine, one of them is somewhat like I'm serious about it and then it's also somewhat a joke at the same time. Okay. And another one was just more that I don't think is a winner but it's something that I thought of that throughout the year they did some good stuff with. So my number four stick with me F God of War. What I mean by most improved is that God of War is fucking excellent. It is like one of the best things of all time to play now. They've totally changed what God of War is. And you're not feeling me because you haven't played the other fucking games. But so don't 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 give me as sass. a most improved yeah. I, I felt like it's not a most improved franchise. Yeah. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. It's kind of a but, joke at the same time. But like I know we're looking at a single game. For improvement, that's that's the heart of this yeah, award. As, like in this in the but modern man, era of games as a service, and this is coming from someone I love the other God of War games, but they have totally changed this this franchise for the better. So my number three, I'm gonna flip the order of mine. Number three, Grand Turismo Sport, and oh. I say that 
because they added a lot of shit to this game this they year. They did. They added a lot, a lot of different tracks, a lot of different cars. They added that whole new um, like career mode sort of thing. Uh-huh. That was something that came out this yeah, year. I've, and see, I haven't gotten to play a lot of it mm-hmm. this year since it made those changes because yeah. I moved and I don't have a good place to set up my racing wheel, and that's how I like to play Gran Turismo. Right, and uh, that's the thing. Like. Uh, I haven't played a ton of Gran Turismo Sport this year, but it is a fun game, and I just wanted to acknowledge that they've added some good stuff to it. I think we know what the top two games. Well, actually, no, Probably. I don't know. I don't know. So my number two, I'll just run down mine here. My number two, I have Destiny 2. Okay. With Forsaken, with the other updates that they put out, uh, some of the other DLCs, I, I guess you could call them improvements. I don't know if I would. But they, they, they added some interesting gameplay concepts to some of them, but it's mostly Forsaken. Forsaken is makes Destiny 2 what it should have been all along. It's an incredible fucking game. The, the worlds are fun to explore, both of the new zones, the Gambit, which we just went on about. Um, the story's excellent. The weapons are excellent. I mean, they've done a very large amount of great things with this Dude, expansion. I have no fucking idea what your number one is. My number one is something that I well, honestly haven't played. Hold on. I'm going to reveal my number two. Okay. And my number one. Because I have a feeling. Three, two, one. So I haven't played No Man's Sky. That's why I didn't think it was up here. But just seeing what they did with the game, seeing how they totally changed that game around, I think when it goes from, you know, a game that just everybody was so disappointed about and it didn't have the greatest of aspects, the the overhaul that they've totally have given this game with the next update and then some of the other you know, updates that they gave throughout the year just has made this game a game that is worth playing, a game that is very close to what Sean Murray went around saying they were going to deliver at launch, you know? So the improvement's very vast there for No Man's Sky. So I have it in my top two, well, the two that I wrote down in the opposite order, No Man's Sky at number two, Destiny 2 at number one. Um... I just feel like Destiny 2 was on the brink of me quitting that game forever. True. But then again, No Man's Sky was a game that I had already kind of quit. Yeah. And No Man's Sky went from a game that I went nope on to maybe one day. I still think there's more that needs to be done to No Man's Sky. I can see that. I think there's more that needs to draw me back to be a consistent weekly player of No Man's Sky. I feel like Destiny 2 already has everything that I need and it's going to and it has a roadmap that's going to keep adding more. Mm-hmm. But I I just don't think No Man's Sky is there yet and I I really enjoyed what I've played of No Man's Sky this year and their updates have been incredible. But I think Destiny 2 is the one that like really saved that game. I always had a special, a sort of admiration for what No Man's Sky was doing. Like even before the update, I felt I felt this admiration for what it was, this entirely procedurally generated universe that you could explore. But Destiny 2 had a sour taste in my mouth for the longest time, and it's it turned sweet. Yeah, I can see that. 
And and it's I'm, I'm a little bit of the opposite of I've always kind of had an admiration for Destiny 2, but I knew it wasn't where it should have been. You know, I just liked it because I like Destiny and I like shooting shit in the Destiny world. But I can totally see why somebody was like, fuck this, no way. But then Forsaken comes around and, you know, they've, they really changed things for the better. I, I just don't... Th- it's very hard to compare these two because I feel like No Man's Sky, it's... Yes, it has improved. It has added content to it. But I don't think the actual mechanics of what you're doing outside of... Well, they added base building. Yeah. But that's not something I'm personally invested Mm -hmm. in. They added true multiplayer. But I don't have friends who play No Man's Sky. Yeah. I, I feel like I've gained more benefit from the changes that Destiny 2 has made. True than what I've gotten from No Man's Sky. Yeah. And, and, and I don't want this... Because so far in these awards, you've kind of been rolling t- t- to my side. I, I don't want it to be like that. Yeah. but uh, Well, I mean, honestly, it's just what I think. Like, Hello Games didn't have to do any of what they did. Mm-hmm. You know, and they, they got slammed, and then they just went dark and said, fine, we'll make this game, you know what we said it was and whether whether it's good or not it's whatever but you know they they stuck with it which i think is you know should at least be acknowledged whether it wins or not is what it is you know now i'm thinking about it a little bit more the the stuff that no man's sky added with the frigates and the and the fleets Mm -hmm. yeah that stuff looks cool you know i think may just just maybe I'm convinced that yeah, man, because originally you, you know I flipped like right before we just mm-hmm. revealed these, so these are very close in my yeah, eye. They are. I I'm willing to give No Man's Sky the most improved game. Sure, let's do it. I think you kind of can't go wrong with choosing either of them. To be honest with you, because they both wrote, they both really took themselves to the next level. I. I originally accidentally wrote Destiny 3, and <laughs> that's just where my brain we'll is We'll see right on now. that one. We'll see on that. I don't know. Oh, boy. All right. This next one should be interesting. Put God of War in here. <laughs> oh, well, wait until you see what's on here, baby. Oh, boy. It's time to get... We've, we've talked about some happy stuff that happened in the games this year. Now it's time Hold to on. talk about some of the stuff. I'm swapping my number one. My number two that disappointed us i'm gonna look away because it's highlighting and i have like, yeah i have some hot takes all right well but whatever all right sometimes games disappoint us we expect something something that we'll enjoy and we end up not enjoying it yeah tyler I will reveal my number four game Do it. on this list. I was disappointed in Dragon Quest XI. Yeah, you sounded like it. I was very disappointed in the writing and the tone of Dragon Quest XI. I've since gotten over it, but I was very disappointed with how certain char- story arcs ended up. And it, it, was, it was just frustrating to see that. And Dragon Quest XI being a game that I believe targeted towards a younger audience in just the way it looks and the way it like 
just thematically and and how and tonally it seems more of a game for younger people the messages it was sending across through its narrative really disappointed me because it's teaching young kids some very not so good lessons what's your number four game my number four is not a game it's that Sony is skipping E3 2019, oh, goddammit. And I just want to say how much that makes me fucking sad as shit. I understand they might not have something to show, but man, it's always like the highlight of E3 is Sony's show. You know Whatever. What? Fuck it. Number Hot five take. for me, no PSX this year. That's true, that's true, that's true. Because I've gone every single year for the past three fucking years, and they didn't have it this year. <laughs> yeah. Admittedly, I'd probably I just want to year, acknowledge but. that that's a massive disappointment to me. Whatever. I'll get uh, to my number three game, I guess, quick. All right. Because it's a game that I'm currently playing right now, I am enjoying, and that is the Spyro Reignited Trilogy. The reason why I find it uh, disappointing is that I'm currently playing through the first game, and I imagine this is going to apply to the second and third games. There are some things that they could have changed in this game for the better, but they didn't because they wanted to keep like the original game there. And what I mean by that is there's some, some jumps in here that fucking infuriate me. Just just throw the controller across the fucking room of like why this is a simple fucking jump and i've died five times on it because spyro jumps like shit and the platform makes no sense in this fucking game and this jump is slightly too far or too high for me to get up to just no fuck all that shit they could have changed some of that for the better but they didn't it's still a fun game i'm still enjoying it i'm this close to being getting getting the platinum and finishing the game but man that's just what I want to say. That's the only major gripe I have about that game. Otherwise, like visually stunning the way they redid things. And it is a joy to play it at times. Um, man, some of those things just super frustrating. Yeah. What's your number three? My number three <clears throat> is the Battlefield 5 War Stories. Okay. All right. They're too short. Like about an hour and a half each. And there's one where you play as a fucking Nazi. I've also seen some things of, like, one, I forget, I forget which, specifically which one, um, but where the actual event was this, the one where they destroy, they sneak into a base and destroy, like, some water thing or something. Oh, the heavy water? The, yeah. The, the Nordless one where, you're, play, where yeah. you're playing as the woman? Yeah. So, the actual story is that they went in there and, you know took all that out without killing anybody or shooting a bullet mm -hmm. um but then in the game they, yeah, they totally just, change yeah. it like that stuff sucks to me like i get it's a video game but like i don't know they could have had a stealth yeah and it could have been really intense and fun to play but i don't know that stuff sort of sucks but anyways mm -hmm. continue yeah i i just found them to like a lot of them to feel not right because a lot of them, you are pretty much a fucking one-man army, which is not how Battlefield feels outside of the war stories at all. Mm -hmm. You are not a one-man army in multiplayer at all. You aren't taking down hordes of enemies. And it seems like it it throws all of that away. And in one of the war stories where you play as uh, this British guy, I forget what, what the story is called, but you're, going, you're infiltrating like three or four bases... And slaughtering like tens or hundreds of people. 
Wow. And it's like, yo, this ain't really a war story. This is just some fantasy. Uh, I don't know. It's just, hmm. it came off a little bit rough to me. That game on PSN right now is literally half off. I have, I'm not at all disappointed in this multiplayer. I mm. have a lot of fun with its multiplayer. Mm. There have been some disgruntled people about some of the changes they've made in the multiplayer without necessarily addressing the audience. Uh, I, I think there, a lot of it is reactionary to seeing the player base. I feel like this game is not doing as well as other Battlefield games have. And I'm, I'm, Personally, I don't understand why. It seems like a perfectly serviceable Battlefield game. But I guess this year when you have a Call of Duty uh, blackout and it has its traditional multiplayer and all that, I feel like that being the more complete package at the moment uh, is what's drawing people there. I'm not sure how this how it will uh, play out when battle in March when Battlefield 5 gets its yeah, Battle Royale mode. We shall see. Mm-hmm. That's a story to look forward to in 2019. Agreed. Number two, most disappointing game of 2018 is Far Cry 5. Okay. Far Cry 5 is fucking awful to me. And it's awful for a lot of reasons. One, the Far Cry formula to me is just getting so old. And this is coming from someone that loved the fucking shit out of three, Platinum 4, Platinum Primal, and I'm just done with this shit but 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 wait wait there's there's something there's something coming for you in february <sighs> we'll see we'll see uh but i didn't the, the best part about this game is the map and i mean the map when i pull it up to see where i want to go it looks just fucking awesome because it's like 3d and it's just it's really well done everything else i i, I don't like the way it plays i don't like the missions I don't like the shooting. The shooting just feels awful. I don't like hunting. I hated the story. I hated the characters. I hated the ending. The ending is awful. That See, here's the thing. They could have had a very interesting 10 to 15 hour game if they just potentially stuck with the story. But instead, I'm saving this dude's baby, you know, because she's giving birth and everything's exploding around me. Or I'm flying a plane, fucking, and heavy metal music's playing as I fly through American fucking flag rings. But then over here is some really crazy, crazy religious cult, and I'm supposed to care about all these people and care about what's happening to this fucking montana like no this is awful it's an awful awful hodgepodge of boringness and monotony don't like it i feel like my number two game is going to be a game that a lot of people are disappointed in this year if they played it fallout 76 yeah all right i'm pretty disappointed in it mostly in that and you somewhat enjoy it right? i do enjoy the exploration aspects of it but as a fallout game it is missing a lot mm. i feel like it's kind of lame how the quests work how you're following audio logs every sing for almost every single quest you're following audio logs or you're accepting a quest from some fucking robot it just yeah that sucks <laughs> I understand the theme of this game being like the first vault dwellers out in the world. But 
it doesn't take into account that there could have been survivors of the nuclear annihilation. Like, there are some areas of the world that you wouldn't think to drop a nuclear bomb. They're, like, there's whole vast areas of countryside where the population density just isn't to where you would drop a nuclear weapon there in a, in a global war scenario. Mm-hmm. But it just assumes that anyone who was outside of the vaults is dead, and I don't think... That, that's a very boring way to, like, wipe the slate clean on Earth. Right. Uh, it, it shouldn't be that clean. It takes away what I think the past three, and I'm including the Obsidian game in there, Fallout games had, and that's one of, one of the most appealing aspects to it is the storytelling. Mm-hmm. You know, that, like, Fallout 3 and 4 have some really awesome stories in them. You know, and I, I know New Vegas does. I haven't played New Vegas, yeah, but it's, everybody it's says great. like the story in that game is fucking awesome. And, you know, there's some really great side quests and, and you have like the world storytelling, but also, you know, environmental stuff, but then also like the actual stories and they just, they took all that out. That sucks. I'm starting to get tired of Vault-Tex shit. Mm. I would like a Fallout game that would explore other areas of the world, not yeah, America. Why not? Yeah, why not? Why don't why don't we see what happened over in Europe or in Russia or in Asia? Like, yep. How did they deal with the bombs dropping? Mm-hmm. I would agree with that. I, I just feel like this whole repetitive, oh, Vault Tech, this Vault Tech, that Vault Tech doesn't have to be the Fallout brand. They, I feel like they've made it the Fallout brand. I don't think it was yeah. the. It, I don't think it was necessary. Although it it was part integral to the stories of Fallout One and Two. I don't think Fallout 1 and 2 and I think Fallout Tactics, I don't think that was necessarily about Vault-Tec. It feels like it's been trending in the direction of, oh, this is about Vault-Tec and Vault-Tec's experiments. And I feel like that's, that's, I, I don't think that's where the Fallout needs to go. And Fallout 76 is just an expansion on that problem because it's all about uh, Vault 76 and reclaiming the wasteland and all that. Yeah. It is a bummer because there is a lot of good potential there of a fallout with friends. Yes. You know, and, and there it is there, but then they also took out what, you know, some interesting things about fallout. Mm-hmm. Um, and also just the way they've handled a lot of things. It's not great. It's a massive learning experience for Bethesda game studios. All right. My number one is something that I quite honestly forgot about that came out this year, but then I was like, oh yeah, I didn't like that at all. And I was very sad how they did it. And this is also something that uh, there is very, very few people out there that will agree with me on this. But my number one is the Shadow of the Colossus remake. That was... February. Really? Yeah. Shit. Exactly. Oh, I thought I could have sworn that was late last year, but nope. February. I, so I played it on PS2 and I was like, wow, this controls like shit, but I get what they're going for. Everybody's like Shadow Colossus, one of the best games of all time. And they announced a remake. Like, cool. Here's able to play it this time. Here's their opportunity to re it was the controls. The controls are awful. And update the controls are still fucking awful and so 
awful to the point where it's like, I can't even play this fucking video game. How do people play this shit? It controls like total ass. I, I you know, I took down the first two Colossi. I was like, uh, you know, I don't know. Just not feeling the controls, but like the world's pretty cool. Music's fucking awesome. There is a cool yet sad feeling about killing these things. Went through the third one and you have to climb up, you know, and then you have to jump from his like arm back to his legs or his back or something. You have to do one of those. And it's always iffy in video games, like one of those backwards jumps. You're over here. You got to jump over to here sort of thing. And it was, it's just like totally broken. It's so hard to do something that should be so simple. I just don't understand why they just did not completely modernize these controls. And I know I'm mostly going out on the controls, but I hate the controls so much that it makes me just despise playing this game. Um, I have no doubt that, you know, the story continues to be cool. Some of the Colossi, fine. But man, man, I just feel like there was such a awesome opportunity to really, really fix things for the better in this one. But they didn't. And I know that's a hot take. Not too many people agree with me on that, and that's fine. But that's my biggest disappointment of the year. I know what yours is without even seeing. Absolutely. You know, sometimes I'm, I'm, I'm here when a game has a meta score of 97 and has perfect scores from such sites as GiantBomb.com, uh, I believe IGN and GameSpot. Or no, GameSpot gave it a nine, I think. GameSpot. GameStop. No, Spot. Yeah. Game, yeah. Yes. GameSpot gave it their game of the year. Oh, great. But when you see all these perfect scores, say from Game Informer, and all these other other gaming sites that I'm seeing here giving it perfect scores. You go into a game expecting something. You go into Red Dead Redemption 2 expecting something. Expecting this one to be the one. The game that would make the year worth it. None of the other awesome games made it worth it? We have the game of the year category. All right. You go into Red Dead Redemption 2 thinking that, okay, maybe Rockstar has done it. Maybe they've done the game that I'll like. It turns out they didn't. I don't like how you move around in this game. I don't like how horses just flip over something when you run into it. I don't like how you have to recock weapons after you fire them if they are not double action. Do you mean by you have to literally press the button again? Yes, to recock the weapon, and you're not gotcha. like you expect in any other video game. You fire again if you pull the trigger a second time. Mm-hmm. Instead, you have to pull a trigger three times to fire two shots. And I think that is bullshit. I also think that the narrative goes in directions, and I've been pushed by people on Twitter to finishing this game. No one they say you to finish it. That, that a ending, hero can save us. No. I'm not going to stand here and wait. They say that the game rede- redeems itself at the end. The story well, has... A, it's called Red Dead Redemption. Some redemption. <laughs> I think that is bullshit. Mechanically and story-wise, at the end of this game, 
It turns into what the game is worst. It turns into a cover shooter. Particularly chapter 5 is the point where it turns into this cover shooter. And it's not good at being a cover shooter. Moving from cover to cover is cumbersome. Firing your the weapons the way they work. Sure, Western weapons look and operate in ways that are visually appealing. But as in gameplay, it is not necessarily fun. Especially when they make you manually recock weapons. Um, I just find this game so frustrating to play. And the narrative not being this high bar of video game narrative. It is very Western tropey. It I can see all the influences, no matter if the Housers want to deny it or not, of old Western movies. I see all those influences in this game. I've seen it. I've watched it. I know this. I know where the story goes almost like... Only a third of the way through, I know how the story goes. And it feels like the game should be done when you still have 20, 15 hours left. You just know the inevitable conclusion of it. Even if you haven't played the original Red Dead Redemption, you know how this ends. Like, if you have, you definitely know how this probably ends. Yeah. But... If you're like me and you haven't even played the first Red Dead Redemption, I saw where this story was going after the second or third chapter. And there are six chapters and an epilogue. Two epilogues. Two epilogues, okay. <laughs> well, I'm not. I'm probably not even going to play the epilogues, at least not for a while. I saw... I might take a break. Because I, I just looked to see how many missions, you know, just where I was roughly in each chapter. There is a... There's probably... In the epilogues, 20 more missions left. Yeah, and that's so, a lot of shit. some long epilogues. I understand having an epilogue, but two epilogues, I'm not even there I yet. feel like I they're up their own that. ass. <laughs> they're like Rockstar is up its own ass with this game. That's just, that's such an interesting thing, and I'm eager to see what that means. But I just, it has a, I, I was talking to you before the show, it has a sequence at the end of the game. Where you're in a fist fight, Uncharted style, one-on-one with someone. It lasts way too long, and I don't like the hand-to-hand combat in that. And there's also a few missions towards the end of the game where it wants to show off, oh, conversations pick up after something happens. Like, say there's a distraction and conversation picks up. I feel like they added a whole mission with uh, this chief of an Indian tribe just to show off that this game does that. And this is about three-quarters of the way through the game. It just does that to show off that it does that, just like it did in Grand Theft Auto V. And it's kind of, it's like super cheesy. Mm. I don't like it. I am very disappointed at Red Dead. I, I honestly gave this game a chance. I went into it, saw those scores, and I'm like, okay, mm. maybe there's something here. But it just seemed like that game was resisting me. For from the very start, it's it was resisting me just by the way it played, and then towards the end by the pacing of the story. Mm. I don't know, man. Yeah, I mean, a lot of the things that because some of them, um, you know, like the end sequence you're talking about. I'm not there yet, so I can't say mm-hmm. how I feel about it. But some of the things, like you know, the recocking your gun. 
it doesn't bother me as much as it bothers you. It bothers me at times when I'm like, it's the last dude and I'm trying to kill him. And then I have a headshot and it's like, oh no, I got to recock it. That does suck. Um, I think the core system is dumb too. It's a little un... Like, here's the thing. It gets to they a point where, like, you get you have so much stuff that it doesn't matter. It's just an annoyance exactly. to go into your bag again. It They didn't go far enough with it, so then it's kind of like, why is it there? Mm-hmm. I can agree with you on that, but once again, it doesn't bother me as much as it bothers you. Um, I wouldn't say... See, I, I love this game. I enjoy this game. In playing it, I'm thoroughly fucking enjoying the story. Hot take. At its best, I think Red Dead Redemption 2 is a 7 out of 10 game. Hmm. Interesting. At its worst, I think it is a 4 or a 5 at certain points. Hmm. Especially in Chapter 5. Hmm. I am into Chapter 4. That's where I'm at. Okay. I, actually, I'll so. give it credit. At its best, I think it's an 8. In its best moments, I feel like it's an 8 out of 10 game. Yeah. See, I think it has some, to me, very gripping story moments, and I love a lot of the characters and the stories that they're telling. So, uh, But I can, I can also see where someone wouldn't like this game, because you have to be in a mindset for it. You have to be in the mindset of, I'm not rushing this game. I'm just enjoying it. You know? And that's just... To me, which like, makes me wonder how people playing this so quickly for review actually enjoy it. That that is true because it's a lot. It's a lot to handle. I mean, it really is. And uh, but I I don't think it's perfect at all. And it's not even my game of the year. But um, boy, I can see. <laughs> I've said that before. I can see where there's some disappointment, even in myself, in some of the gameplay mechanics that rockstar has because some of them feel very dated the one that i get annoyed with is having to tap x to run fuck that no one does that anymore it's 2018 it's annoying it's super fucking annoying i i just i can't believe they still are doing that shit and then you know someone to lock on aiming i can see someone get really pissed off about that it doesn't bother me as much but it is still something that feels a little weird just make your your, your aiming feel better you know what i mean so that you don't need that I don't know. i'm not i wouldn't say that i'm disappointed with the game i'm disappointed with aspects but i still enjoy the game that's where i would stand Okay. That. Um, but I mean, you feel so overly from, strong about it that. But I, I'm thinking from the outside, looking in at some of your picks too. I I see Far Cry Five, and I see how that can be like just crushing, and I can understand Shadow of the Colossus because I tried to play The Last Guardian, mm-hmm. and yeah. I can understand how. Oh, I expect this game in on a modern-day console to play, yeah. like, a modern-day video game, or and at I, least close to it. And it sounds like that it does not at all. Yeah, and I, I can see Fallout 76 for sure, because, you know, that was a hell of a presentation, Todd Howard But there's gave. also a little bit of <laughs> tempering expectations with a studio trying to create something completely different. Yeah, but they hyped the shit out of it on their own, and that's their own fucking fault. They they tempered everybody's expectations in the wrong direction. Mm-hmm. They tried to peel that back by saying, "Hey guys, 
just to let you know, here's this nice heartfelt letter. Our game's going to be broken at launch. But that's not what that E3 presentation told me right. at all. At all. Um, Todd Howard could sell you the stinkiest shit. And you'd be like, fuck yeah, boy. He's great at that. I don't know. So I could see that being on there, too. Um, I, I almost wonder if Fallout 76 was a product of... Bethesda, the publisher, the whole, the publishing arm being like, hey, we don't have a games as a service thing in our portfolio. Go get that. Yeah. Right. And see, I could, you know, just switching gears a little bit with Shadow of the Colossus, I could see it not being on this list because what I'm disappointed with is so incredibly specific to just me. You know, I know you said you played The Last Guardian and the controls aren't good there, but I can see, you know, that these other games, I think, have a little bit more of a disappointing factor in so many different ways. You know what I mean? So I think from a, from a what do we put on a number one, two shadow classes, I think we can just take that off. Okay. Personally. If there's one I'm that I willing have to, to pick, give you Far Cry Five. I was gonna say I am willing to. I think Fallout seventy six should be on there personally, okay. but that's that's just me. Far hmm. Cry, ah oh, man, sucks. No, I'm willing to sucks. give. I'm willing to give you <laughs> Far Cry Five as the most right. disappointing game because I yeah. I know I understand a ton of people love Red Dead Redemption too. Mm-hmm. It was just disappointing to me specifically yeah, because of the way yeah. that I like to play games. Mm-hmm. Like, I like to churn through games. And Red Dead Redemption 2 just resists that kind of player in, yeah. in a way that is super But at the same time, what if you didn't do that? Do if ever, I didn't do, you do ever that, think? I'm not, sure if I would, I'm not sure if I would even play that game if I, if mm-hmm. I couldn't do that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because even other huge games, I can churn through. Hmm. Such as The Witcher 3. I churned through and I enjoyed it a lot. Yeah, well. So much so that I will go back again <laughs> and play it more slowly. Yeah. yeah. I, I mean, don't see myself doing that with Red Dead Redemption 2. I don't see myself going back and taking it slow for a second run through. Yeah. Maybe give it some time. Yeah. I will. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's just like a really it's nasty just, girlfriend that you had. Yeah, it's <laughs> you just like, gotta give it time. <laughs> I just finished this game this week. I finished this game on Wednesday night. And we're recording on a Thursday night. Mm-hmm. It's, it is very recent, and I, I understand that there might be that recency bias, that bad taste in my mouth that is immediate. Mm-hmm. But hearing you talk about Far Cry 5, a game that came out in what? March. March? Yeah. I'm going to give it to you. All right. What, what are we saying? it. I will temper Red Dead Redemption 2 based on that recency. Put Fallout 76 as the... Alright, let's do it. Interesting that our number ones, though... Uh... I'm very curious as to why you put Shadow of the Colossus as your number one hearing about Far Cry 5. Because... And, and it's kind of the same with Far Cry 5, but Shadow of the Colossus... I look at that game and watch people play it and gameplay footage of it, and I want to play it so fucking bad. Like, I want to see that thing through. But 
it just the controls just resist so bad to me that it's just no i don't know so that's the thing like i want to play through it really bad but i can't because it controls like shit and this was their chance to fix it so i'm just very disappointed in that anyways far cry 5 most disappointing of 2018 followed by fallout 76 all right now let's move on to something a little bit more positive keep it on the posse yeah you have six games here i have five games here i'm just going to double check the order of the things that i have here and i will concur that i am in the right here yeah for let's do what it i feel all right i'm gonna get started here for technical achievement yes what we're going through my number six is in is a fun game that we shared i'm a little bit gassy right now <laughs> okay i have a way out yeah i was i was on the border of putting that in here mm-hmm. because i wasn't sure if it was necessary technically achievement or game direction which we don't necessarily have an award for yeah right and and i think it might be more of a game direction thing but still having a split screen co-op game where you're both doing totally different things that both you know, tie into the story and all that stuff. And the way it uses space on the screen. Yeah, it's it's just, it's slick. It's fucking slick the way it's put together. The game isn't the greatest. The story's super cheesy. The characters are super cheesy. Um, the gunplay sucks ball sack. But that there is just worth it alone to just, you know, get together with a friend for four or five hours, however fuck long it was, and, you know, just see it through. It's fun. So why don't you... Good. All right. Are you going to say something else? No, no, no. Okay. Good. Do your number five. All right. If you ever need to take a break, just let me know. Yeah. I think... Maybe after this one. Yeah. Maybe after this one, we can break a little bit. this will be about halfway. Yeah. All right. Moss is my number five game. Technical achievement. A VR game uh, where you're looking into, like, this... You're looking into this environment. It's kind of like looking into an aquarium but being inside of it it's it was the most unique experience i think i've had in a vr game uh i have yet to play astrobot i need to play that before the end of the year sorry i just can't get to it yet uh i have to find a place to set up my vr but i played moss earlier this year and it just it impressed me it sold me on like this was the moment where i was like damn vr can be Fan fucking tastic for video games because I don't think this game works without it because there is just so much small, so many small things that you'd miss if this was just, say, a 3D character action game where you're playing as a mouse. It's there's just a lot there that I, I'm really enjoying. Yeah. My number five, I have uh, Spider Man. And I have Spider-Man on here just because when you really think about how dense and populated and large that city is and then it still runs super well and you can fly through that city as fast as you fucking can and without a hitch, that's pretty impressive to me. And when you're on the ground, it feels very populated like New York City. Uh, if you've been to New York City, I mean, I'm not going to call myself an expert, but you know certain landmarks in New York City uh, and they recreate it really well. It's just that there you know there there's there was just so many times where i was swinging through that city i'm like 
it is fucking insane how detailed they got this. I mean, you climb up a fucking apartment building and it's glass and they have something in the window. And the way... like <laughs> It's crazy. And the way it keeps track... Spider-Man doesn't kill people. If you knock someone off the edge, yeah. there's obviously yep. a web trap to stick them to the side yeah. of the building. Like, those tiny little details, just incredible. And the puddles are good, too. Oh, the puddles are excellent, but they took them out at the no, one they part. Didn't. Nah. Yeah. That's why I have Spider-Man on there. And also, yeah, it just, it plays super, super well. Um, I don't think I ever really had one technical issue with that game. It's pretty lit. All right. My number four, we have a repeat customer here from earlier. Monster Hunter World. I think it is incredible how they made Monster Hunter a game that could be popular with people based on what it became technically. Because if you look at what Monster Hunter was for so many years as a handheld game that looks kind of old... And then seeing what Monster Hunter World is, it is just fantastic to see that leap. And I think it, there are a lot of systems in it that work together that, like, just ways that things are displayed to the player is creative. Like, it isn't explicit. You have to read into things. And I think the Monster Hunter World has a great way of communicating certain things, like status, ailments... And, like, when a monster is weak. Making these monsters, like, now big where you can actually see them, making them behave like animals. I think it's incredible. And having this interconnected ecosystem where animals are hunting other animals as you're on a hunt. Mm. It's, It's fantastic. I can't wait to see what they do with Monster Hunter in the future. I know they have that expansion coming next year. But I wonder what's next for Monster Hunter after that. Right. But then off in the distance, there's still those bats that look like they're on a PS2. <laughs> I'm just joking. <laughs> um, my number four. I have Detroit Become Human. Okay. And what I have and what I like about this is the amount of choices and paths that you could take through so many of these chapters and how they do truly play out into how your story ends or how certain moments come together is pretty fucking impressive. I mean, you pull up, you know, that, that tree that they have and it's like, that could have went so many different ways. Um, and just the amount of dialogue they had to write for that and animations for shit that you don't even see. Pretty, pretty impressive to me. All right. We're also going to retread some ground, and you're probably going to be a little bit surprised that I put this here. My number three is Red Dead Redemption 2. I meant to put a two there. I'm not talking about Red Dead Redemption, a game that I didn't play. But Red Dead Redemption 2, I think it is technically impressive. I think there is a lot to enjoy there from a technical perspective, the way that cinematic cameras work, the way that uh, all these dynamic systems of weather and, like, appearance and, like, how interaction works in Red Dead Redemption 2. I think there's... I think it's technically impressive. Yeah. Even if I didn't enjoy it as much, I I can appreciate the technical aspects of it. Right. Uh, My number three, I have Call of Duty Black Ops 4, mostly for blackout mode, 
and for multiplayer as well for just continuing to be buttery fucking smooth uh i mean that multiplayer is very fast and impressive and it's just i just don't know how call of duty does it every fucking year you know but then blackout like it works and, and, you know, like I said, I played that beta and it was fucking broken for me when I was playing it. And, you know, you play blackout mode and without any issue, you know, and they got a hundred players on with, you know, they do with certain, uh, they have a game featured, types. they have a featured game right. mode that's rotating. And, but even then, you know, it's to the scale of call of duty in a triple a game it's not like it's a little bit pared down or cartoony like Fortnite, or maybe not as super sharp like uh, as you know PUBG is you know it's call of duty mm. i just think that's impressive to me mm. all right my number two game is god of war Ooh, i think this is I think put together, this might be the most beautiful, well, not beautiful, but it's it's just impressive to look at just the scale of how it makes you feel in a lot of those fights. I feel like it brought that forward in, in a very smart way from older God of War games that I've seen. Uh, but it's, I think there's a sense of scale in that world that is just not in other games anymore. It's... I, I find that the the ways yeah. that they handled like this interconnected hub world and going out to these other realms and stuff, it's got a lot of different styles to it as well, which we'll talk about some other time. Um, but it's I just I just think from like combat is is feels awesome. It's a totally different kind of game than other God of War games and other character action games that I've played. Uh, it. But it works, and all these gear, the runes, all like it's got a lot of different systems interlocking, and it still feels like an an incredible character action game. And I I just think that world is beautiful as well. Yeah, uh, my number two. It's Red Dead Redemption Two. Okay, um, I I echo a lot of what you said, and and I mean it's a. St- stunning fucking world and it's probably i don't know it's either that or god of war maybe for like the most beautiful game i've ever seen i mean some of those vistas are just stunning uh and they did an incredible job with with that and i just find one of the craziest things about this game is everyone has a schedule every character has a schedule and they they just go about their lives basically, but in a virtual form. And there's so much dialogue that through in this game that, you know, you might hear this and I will never, ever hear it. Like just stuff like that is stunning to just, and to think about how many cutscenes are in this game because it's so huge and so long. And then uh, just different animations and all kinds of crazy, like, triggering shit it's just it's nuts that they just have a game this massive and and got it all to work relatively smoothly smoothly to me but it's mostly just that world i think that world is just technically impressive for it for the scope of it Mm. you know yeah 
All right, my number one. Probably know what I'm going to say here. Call of Duty Four. Call of mm. Duty Black Ops Four Blackout. All right. I'm specifically calling out the blackout mode. I never thought that a game that plays like Call of Duty Four could be translated. I mean, call, I mean, plays like Call of Duty, not necessarily Call of Duty Four. Uh, I don't. I didn't think that a Call of Duty game could be translated to a battle royale mode and run as smoothly as it does yeah. and incorporate all the things that you'd find in a typical multiplayer thing like all the different equipment and stuff and the way they handle ui in ways that pubg on console sucks mm-hmm. uh, they were smart about that they made a system with call of duty blackout that just works and it is it feels so good to play i like they're Call of Duty, like, the Call of Duty games and Bungie games are my favorite shooters, the way they feel playing. And, like, it's just so impressive to have that that tight experience in this giant map with up to 99 other players, potentially. And it just, it just works. It's, it doesn't, it does... I didn't play the beta, so I didn't see those technical hitches that you did. Mm-hmm. But for me, like playing this yeah. now as a complete product, I'm not sure it gets much better than this. <laughs> at least on consoles, I I don't imagine. Yeah, it. I don't know. Who I don't knows? think I don't think a game would benefit from pumping up the player count from 100. No, I think the pace of Blackout mode is good. Mm-hmm. I think the pace that that the circle narrows in is good. You're never completely screwed. There's usually a vehicle that can save you, even if you're on the opposite side. Yeah. It's just... With the size of that map, that was a smart thing to include. So, uh, yeah. My number one... It's probably pretty obvious, but my number one's God of War. Okay. Uh, I agree with everything you say, you said, so I'm not going to go on too much about it, but uh, that whole one-shot camera thing is just unbelievable and and that was something that they didn't have to do but they did and it, i think it makes for uh just a better game to me because it's just you're never out think, of it yeah that that's it that's what i was just about to say like you're never out of it and you're always kind of immersed in it of you know and two they don't fake you out with like oh this cutscene looks a little bit better than the game world does and all that stuff like they do it's fake just you out there like hidden loading screens a little they bit. do they do they <laughs> do it's clever yeah and, and a lot of times they do that you know and you have this just great conversation with atreus or something like that like they do fake certain things but then you know the different graphical styles they have is just it's just an incredibly impressive game and what i love about this is this is the best world that i have ever seen in a video game and what i love about it is yes red dead redemption 2 is huge it's got some good detail great vistas all sorts of stuff it's huge but god of war is the right size and it has the perfect amount of detail color and, and and life to it that i think makes for the best sized world in a, that you can do with a video game you know because it's it's open world but it's not you yeah, know what i mean it, yeah it has it's a just got a lot of 
lot. It's got a hub area, but then it's got all these branches you can go off and explore, and these hidden secrets all over the place. And then like the different realms that you travel. Yeah. With the uh, what is it? The Bifrost. Right, and it allowed them to just take something that they could have made really big and just pare it down to be the perfect size for what the game needed to be, and then just bring it to life more than any other world. So it's just awesome. Looking at this, I feel like there's three games that are in the running. I feel like we both agree pretty highly on God of War. Yes. I feel that we both feel pretty strong in in good about Black Ops 4 and Red Dead Redemption 2. Mm-hmm. I think I I I think am, am I crazy to say that God of War should be the winner of this? No, you're not crazy to say that. And so I would agree with you. More of what the runner up is. Um yeah. I mean I, I I'll say this about Black Ops 4. It is pretty pretty crazy that it runs that well in blackout mode. I mean And it doesn't it, hold it could back. It went south. Like, totally south. It doesn't hold back. It feels like like it doesn't feel any different than playing multiplayer other than the game mode you're playing. Yeah. And then it, it, one thing that concerned me when they announced this was, you know, PUBG and Fortnite have very quick turnaround times. So you're you're dead, you're back out, you're back in like that. And yeah. Black Ops War is a little bit slower, but it still works pretty snappy. So that's, a, that's another thing, I think. I think after Christmas when the player counts get up, when all the kids get their call of the duty newbies. All, all the noobs out there that we're going to hunt. <laughs> maybe it's maybe maybe, maybe. This, maybe after Christmas is our time to get our win. Yeah. But that's not what this is about. I think maybe then queue uh, times will be shorter. That's just a hunch. Maybe. But then again, at that time... The PSN's probably going to go down. Let's let's be honest. Yeah, let's be real. Who knows? PSN's probably going to be down this year. Yeah. Who knows? Um. Yeah. I mean, I, I'm up for either. Either of these cases, they're both technically very impressive games to me. I just think that uh, what personally, I feel like what Blackout has done to bring the Call of Duty experience to such a such a broad scale is more impressive than this single-player game, yet while it is, yes, beautiful and has awesome systems within it, I feel like, just from a, a tech, pure technical perspective, I feel like Blackout is more impressive. And to have a triple-A shooter, the triple-A-est of triple-A games. Yes, the game that is probably the best-selling almost every mm, year. Yeah. To take that leap to do something so different but make it feel so true. Like it was always there. Mm-hmm. Always should have been there. I think it's just, it's good. I think, I think we give it to black ops four as the runner up. All right. So the winner of the technical achievement award is God of war runner up being call of duty, black ops four. Right on. And at this point, we're going to take a quick break and we'll be right back. To get to the remaining half of the awards here, so stick around. All right, fellas, we're back with uh, the rest of the awards here on the PlayStation Report. That first section was long, Tyler. It was. I'm glad we got that break in when we did. This is turned out to be the longest podcast we've ever done. I think the longest one is a little over two hours. 
Really? This is definitely yeah, going to be longer. This than is going to be bordering maybe Whatever. three hours. We'll see. It's the end of the year. You got to you got to bring it all in. This has been pretty fun. Going out with a bang. Yeah. All right. So we got a return award from last year that we thought we'd bring back. The Rubber Ball Award, a game that we bounced off of. Yeah. Tyler, do you want to get us started? Sure. My number two is a game that I finished, but about halfway through, I was like, no, I don't want to play this anymore. And it's bad as Far Cry 5. Mm. Whatever most disappointing game of the year. But yeah, it's just, I just did not want to play this game anymore. And I don't want to so much so that I could say I very much bounced off of the Far Cry formula. Okay. To the point where I don't even want to play New Dawn at all. You know, at least it's got to be, one, the game has to be good. So we'll see what reviews say, but then two, it's just... It's got to be different. It's got to be different. It's got to be good and different. And there's got to be time. And right now, you know, with that coming out less than a year uh, away from Far Cry 5, I don't know on that one. We'll see. But yeah, that's that's my number two. In a very similar vein, a game that I completed but kept bouncing off of, Red Dead Redemption 2. Mm. So, I call... The Rubber Ball is usually a game that we bounce off of pretty quickly. We both finished these games. Yeah. But I felt constantly, as I was playing Red Dead Redemption 2, I was bouncing off of it and wanting to do literally any other video game at that time. But due to pressures from my Twitter followers, I pressed on it was like a key i kept it's like you know those those paddles and balls it's like i kept knocking that against my head over and over again that's mm-hmm. where this rubber ball yeah go, goes for me for me with far cry i was like i bought this game <laughs> i need to see it through at least did you at least buy a physical version so you could return i it? did and that's still or one big thing for it. me with physical i mean there's some games i can think of you know like Destiny makes sense to buy digitally, and I, I don't think I would really get rid of it. But Far Cry Five, I, I at least I literally finished that game, saw the credits roll, deleted it, and traded it like the next day. I was like, I can't fucking even have this in my collection anymore. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, um, my number one um, is a game that came. I feel like it, it technically came out last year came to consoles this year uh, and really kind of blew up and found a much larger fan base of people. And it's a game that uh, I can appreciate and see why people would love, but it is so not for me. That is Hollow Knight. Huh. Okay. <laughs> Man, All right, buddy. Hollow Knight is a game that I, I, I get it. I can see why people would really love it. It's just not for me. And I, I like Metroidvanias. I wouldn't say I'm like a super expert on them. I don't play all of them. To me, the big turn turning thing is it's just I like having some direction. I know you got to find a map. I know you got to do all this stuff. But I need something to keep me going. And I understand that the the fun of Hollow Knight is exploring the unknown. I get that. That is not what I'm looking for at all in a Metroidvania. And in a way, like I need I need a nugget. You know what I mean? Okay. And, need it, and also Yeah, and also its gameplay is not 
exciting enough to me to keep me going. Okay. So I was, I, I played it for like an hour or two and I was like, I get it, but I, I just can't do it. So Hollow Knight for me is my, my number one, but okay. what's your number one? My number one is a game that I, be. huh? I'm trying to think of what it could be. My number one is a game that for maybe a week I was talking highly of it, but then I completely dropped off of it. Hmm. And that is Mother Gunship. Oh, okay. I had a lot of fun with this game for about a week. But then it got annoying. It became the bullet storm thing with dialogue that I didn't want to hear. And at that time, I just didn't, I wasn't, there weren't, I wasn't behind on podcasts like I am now. Maybe if I go back to this game now, I'll enjoy Mm it. But I just found it not that, not that fun once you find what the way you like to play that game. Because in Mother Gunship, you construct weapons through connectors and barrels and modifiers. And you eventually come into what you enjoy using based on how you like to play first-person shooters. But it it gets repetitive, not only in that, but also in the rooms you encounter, because you it's procedurally generated stuff, but I don't think there's enough stuff. It seems like you run into the same sorts of things over and over again, mm-hmm. and... The way you tell that enemies are more powerful is that they are reskinned a different color, and it's it's just not it's not as satisfying as I was hoping it would be, especially enjoying it for a week. But then I don't think I've put another hour into it since the launch week <coughs> of Mother Gunship. Mm. You know, fine. That takes it. Okay. I'll let you have yeah. Hollow Knight as your... As yeah, I mean, it doesn't I don't, really matter to me. I didn't bounce off Hollow Knight. Yeah, and that that, that's, that would be my argument of it not getting runner-up at all, because I know you really like it. Yeah, I, I think it's a fantastic game that really builds on the Metroidvania, but not only that, but also takes in Souls-like elements as well, mm-hmm. but doesn't necessarily just try to copy that. Right. It tries to do something new with it. But I understand why you can, you can, you can try, dip your toes into Hollow Knight and be like, "Oh, this game looks like it's good, but it's not for me." Yeah. So I I understand why you put that there. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'm not. I'm indifferent on. Goes a number. I could see someone totally bouncing off of Red Dead Redemption too. You know, I can see someone's. You know, the slowness of it. The deliberate nature of everything i can see somebody going can't do it i could see that as well <sighs> man i could see someone you know bouncing off far cry, far cry five it's yeah. like it's the same old shit or i don't like this open world formula over and over and over again it's the ubisoft it is the most ubisoft ass ubisoft game yeah you know it's a formula that's good to play in one of those formula games or maybe once every two or three years. Yeah, exactly. And then, you know, with that, you know, like, they realized they needed to change up Assassin's Creed, and they took a break, and they really have changed it for the better. It's like Far Cry needs the same fucking treatment, but now they're pumping them out. It's just frustrating. I'm going to let you make this choice. I say maybe we just go with Far Cry 5. 
Okay. Because I think... Because I feel like if... If if I had played it, I would have bounced off Far Cry Five. Mm-hmm. Yeah, based on based on what 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 I hear about it, right? And I feel like like you you really bounce off of Red Dead Two. I really bounce off of Highland Night. But then we have like the opposites. Like I like Red Dead a lot. You like Hollow Knight. Yeah, and I know? could like I so. from the outside looking in, I knew Far Cry Five wasn't going to be a game that I'd enjoy. Yeah. Yep. That's a ball I didn't even need to throw. (laughs) All right, so the winner of the Rubber Ball Award is Mother Gunship, and the runner-up is Far Cry 5. Moving on to one of my favorite categories. Yeah, this one should be fun. Style. I like games with style, Tyler. Me too, and this is more than just pretty graphics. Like, it's got to have everything. It's got to be art. Yes. What? What? Uh, shit. There was this term that I forget what podcast it was from, but you know how some movies are called fi- gilms. Gilms. Yeah. You know how some movies are called films. Yeah. And there was this term. I forget who. I didn't come up with it. I'm. I'm not taking credit for this. But someone said gilms. I think Ben Pack said it over a giant bomb. That sounds like something you'd say. Yeah. Gilms. Yeah. But. The, Best style. I picked five games. You only have four games listed here, so I'll get us started here. Laser League. I think it has a very rad style. I would agree. It might not be the most technically impressive looking... It might not be the most impressive looking game, but I think it has a really cool style to it. Right. Uh, the, ba- not only in the way that it looks, but in the way that it's presented as like this kind of sports arena kind of thing. Yeah. Um, my number four. I have Guacamelee Two. Oh, I think Guacamelee Two has an incredible style. And one could say, you know, the first game had that as well. But with this game, I feel like they took the art style that was cool about the first one. You know, that kind of that Mexican feel. But then it also gave it a lot more more color more feeling more atmosphere to it and a lot of the art is just incredibly beautiful and then it also has a very goofy nature to a lot of it's like the way you get power-ups is very very different in in you know all of a sudden you're a chicken and all sorts of crazy shit and and then you know the animations are really well done the, the enemies are really done well done it's it's got good style to me no crap I didn't mean to do that um, I meant to put that there I, I'm changing one last minute because mm-hmm. I know you just reminded me of a game in the last category that's going to be in my next Hollow Knight yeah I think that game has a rad style I think for I think it works because it's a 2D game just having that the background and working with what's in the foreground there's a lot of interesting areas in that game that like you're spoilers it's you're a bug in that game and there's this bug kingdom that you're mm-hmm. going through but it's interesting to see how things are constructed and i i just love it there's there's a lot of different feeling areas too like you of course you have the dark and scary areas but then you have some bright and colorful areas too and then other areas that are like 
poisonous like full of fungus and stuff like that and it looks just gross yeah i, I think it has a really cool style i would agree but I, my one i'm not saying it's the right way to put it but my one thing about that game in terms of saying it as style is i feel like if it it has a better art direction than style like mm. it's you know the art in the you know just the look of that game is stunning okay you're just gonna you're just gonna pull apart terms here that, that would be my thing <laughs> but i don't know whatever i yeah that, that's it this is such a subjective thing my number three celeste game we haven't really talked about yet yeah but Celeste has very fantastic style in that uh, not only does it look great, you know, it's it's you know kind of eight bit sort of style in a way, but then also like the jumping animations, the way you know they just kind of arc way, up. And yeah, it's the way just, it communicates awesome. movement, in yes. animation. I, I just I love that sort of shit. The way it works. You know, when you put together a really incredible, like, I just went that way and that way and that way to get up to here. And I thought I never would, you know, would get up there. The way you feel about that just and feels fun. And how awesome. the style reflects, like, the, the mechanics of the game. Yeah. I feel like the way it conveys momentum yep. is very clever. Yeah. Agreed. Yeah. Celeste is awesome. I, I should have put that on my list here somewhere, but it's okay. My next game here is Spider-Man, Marvel Spider-Man. Yeah, that's a good one. It fucking feels like you're playing in a comic book, man. That is true. It, it looks. It, it. I think it's impressive in the way that it looks technically, but also just in the way that it's like. I think it has a style that is very. It isn't realism. It isn't like it's just off of realism, just enough. To make it feel like you're playing some sort of animated uh, Spider-Man movie in a way, but it's yeah. also got comic book book stylings around the edges, especially with like I like the direction they go with a lot of the costumes for the enemies too. I feel like it, it very much communicates. Oh yeah, that's Rhino, and they go for the super cheesy Rhino, and yeah. it's, I feel like they went for it in the way that comic books go for it, and that that's. That style is pretty good. Yeah. Number two. Dead Cells. Oh, yeah. Dead Cells is cool because it's not only uh, a visual thing, but it's also has such a badass nature around just killing shit that it just feels so good of like, I just froze these two dudes and fucking slice them up and then I threw this turret up here and it's just the way you're moving all over the map just feels really fucking fantastic but then you know the art style really pulls it all together as well I think there's a lot of really incredible environments the enemies look cool and then the last thing to me stylistically that I love is just a really dumb shit that you can find of just kind of meaningless stuff you find in the world that just kind of make no sense. Um, kind of add a little bit of humor to it. I like that stuff. Mm. It's a great game. 
I went back to it last night. I was like, fuck, why did I stop playing this game? It's so good. And the thing too is I'm so bad at it. Yeah. I am so fucking bad at it, but I love playing it so much because it's fun. But yeah. Mm. My number two game here for style is Nino Kuni 2. Oh, yeah. That's. I think it is. Yeah. It's got this Studio and Ghibli look to it a little bit, but I think it's it's got such variety in all the different kinds of people in that world and different cultures that it, that it pulls together in one world. I think it pulls it off very well. Like it all, it doesn't make sense, but it looks like it fits together, and I think I think that's very clever how they how they managed to piece it together in that way. It looks like an anime. Like straight up. Yeah, but you don't like that. No, I don't, but it looks cool. Uh, so what is it about anime that you don't like? You say it looks cool. It's everything else. What? Uh, like it's, it's what a lot else? Of, it's a lot of the dialogue. Oh, is it? And, okay. And, and that sort of stuff just turns me you off. You must have watched some bad anime. Yes, so. Like what? What what did what, what what did you watch that turned you off? I don't know. I don't really think I've watched bad anime because I haven't really watched a lot of anime, but I well, what see the it. Fuck? I'm like, How are you judging it? It's just something I don't like. When you see it, and you just yeah. said it looks cool. Well, I've seen a lot of like clips of various shit, and I'm just like, okay, that's not something I would ever watch. It's like this dude screaming about his wiener because he poked it too hard. Don't, or don't judge anime by what my brother shows you. <laughs> yeah. That- <laughs> that is true. That's true. Uh, my number one is God of War. Uh, I think uh, the worlds that they created with this are stunning to look at. Uh, you know, all the different realms you get to go to each have their own unique feel and, and atmosphere and, and vibe that's going on. Uh, but then also from a combat perspective it's just a badass game of you just beat the shit out of this dude with your fist you throw your axe over at that guy you recall it back so you can destroy this dude that's running right at you you tell atreus to shoot at that guy it just has a really incredible feel from from a combat perspective that just makes it feel like a badass motherfucker i think it really all just comes together in that game in in the grandest of ways like all these games have a great style you know that i have on my list at least but they're a little bit smaller god of war is such a much larger scope to it but still has all those great things you know what i gotta say about that fuck you tetris (laughs) yeah and i say this because normally if you said hey 40 dollar tetris game I'd be like, fuck you. Yeah. But Tetris Effect combines visuals, the soundtrack, and gameplay, and it meshes together in a way that, like, if you're wearing headphones and playing that game, you lose yourself in Tetris. An old-ass game. I went... I I should know my video game history, but I... Tetris... June 6th, 1984 is when Tetris was released. They made a new Tetris game in 2018 that I paid $40 for because purely based on its style. Yeah. 
Yeah, I, I think without a doubt, Tetris Effect wins this. Um, I mean, I, I haven't played the game. I'm not a big Tetris guy, but just watching that game, I'm like, yeah, it's got some thumping beats and pretty visuals. It's it's style. It's style through and through. It defines what style is. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Without a doubt, I think that game should win. Okay. I'm willing to concede God of War for you if you feel strongly enough to make that the runner-up. Yeah, I mean, it. God of War is fantastic. And, I mean, how strongly do you feel about Nina and Kuni 2 being at your number two? Uh, well, you said you liked looking at anime when you said it. That's all I got to say. <laughs> yeah. Or no, not yeah, I mean, I'm I'm fine with God of War going number two. Right, I think those ahead. are those are two two it's fantastic games. God War, God War, God of That's War. a different game. It is. All right, there we go. Tetris Effect, the winner of the best style run up, God of War. Next up is one of my, personally one of my favorite uh, categories: best character. And it's one of my favorites because I, I feel like this is one of the aspects of video games that I enjoy the most are the characters mm-hmm. that we play or encounter in video games. I'm going to get us started here. Do it. Balder from God of War. Okay. I think he is an excellent villain because there is a part of you that can feel for him and what he is suffering. This, feel, this feeling that nothing in, you can't feel anything in life. And like just trying to seek something that means something in life, and I feel like it. It, it is just so you can see the conflict within him throughout yeah. the game. Right. Just like he isn't necessarily trying to be a bad guy. He's just trying to feel something. Right. My number five. I have Cassandra from Assassin's Creed Odyssey. Um, I like her a lot. And what I like about her is how kind of a smart ass she is. And I like just her attitude towards everybody. Um, and I think the game does a great job, especially in the early hours of setting up her backstory and her relationship with her father and just her family as a whole. And that really plays into, you know, how you view her. So it's very, those things make me care about her a lot more, which makes you, me at least see why she's reacting to certain people a certain way. And, uh, she's just a a character that brings a lot of joy, I think to his, to Assassin's Creed. I almost couldn't imagine playing Odyssey and not playing her, but that's just me. Right. Next up from one of my favorite games of this year, Evan from Nino Kuni 2. King Evan, he's the little cat boy. Mm. Uh, I I just I love him as a character because he is so pure. He always tries to see the good in people, even if it doesn't work out to his benefit at most times. He's just he is the benevolent king in like like in every aspect of the world and in the word and i i just love how how he behaves throughout the story like cats cats are fun little cat ears yeah number four 
Peter Parker from Spider-Man. Uh, I think this is just an incredible take on Peter Parker. And, you know, Peter Parker, the voice actor just fucking nailed him as Spider-Man. And also the complexity of his character, his relationship to, you know, Mary Jane and then uh, Dr. Octavius Norman uh, at the same time. Like there's a lot of great aspects that all kind of come together towards the end of the game. And uh, you really, you can really feel the emotion in, in a lot of the situations he's in. So it's just a great take on Peter Parker. You're going to hate me for this next one. Leo from A Way Out. I think as cheesy and corny as he is, I feel like he's got a... He's he pretty is, good. He is so golden yeah. in my eyes. Yeah. I, I love Leo. Even though he... In some ways he kind of sucks, but he owns it. Right. I... I Leo's fun. Leo's a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. There's so many great lines he has in a way out. Yeah, he's he's the funniest character of this year, I think. Yeah. On my number three, I have Hank from Detroit Become Human. So Hank is the old guy police officer that you probably have seen. Gray hair, sort of dude. He is by far my favorite character in this, and it's funny because he's not even one of the three main characters. Mm-hmm. He's a side character, but he's so well done, and uh, he is in Connor's story, Connor being the android police investigative sort of robot that you play. Robot character, that's what I meant to say. But uh, what I love about Hank, and, and, and I feel like because of what Detroit is, like, it could totally, you know, the way... If you played a game, if you, the way you view him could be totally different than how I view him because of how my story turned out. But I like his backstory is really well written. It made me feel more because he kind of just comes off as like some grumpy old man for a while. But once you discover more about why he is, how he is, you kind of go like, damn. And then I was at the point where I'm like, I don't want anything to happen to this guy because I really just enjoy enjoy him and he, he's a great character and I didn't want anything to happen to him because he's already been through enough in a way it's great he's funny too he's All right. my number two character of this year is Daniel from Life is Strange 2 Daniel is the older brother in Life is Strange 2 mm. and I think the way it conveys him being an older brother in a tough situation and the way he tries to handle all the tragedy that is around him it is i think the performance is very strong i think that the way the character is written is very strong um i'm an older brother myself and just like the struggle that he's having with like withholding the bad news from his younger brother is just it is it hits very close to home for me a little bit and it's it's just like i've i haven't seen a character like this that was so kind of directed in at me a little bit it, it's it's hard sometimes trying to when there's someone that you care about 
and you don't know if it's right to tell what's the right time to tell them the bad news. Mm-hmm. And I think the way that Life is Strange 2 handles this character is just the best I've ever seen it. That's good. Uh, that's a good argument. Number two. Of Arthur Morgan from Red Dead Redemption 2. Um, now, granted, Red Dead Redemption 2 is a massive fucking video game. I'm over halfway through it, so I've seen a lot of it, but I haven't seen the rest of it. So this could change, maybe. But I love Arthur Morgan as a character, and what I like about him uh, is that he's... You can tell he's conflicted. Like, he he wants out of the situation he's in, but he doesn't want to give up on the people around him. And he knows that some of the things he's doing is not right, but he does them anyways. Uh, and and no, that sort of complexity, I think, makes him a great character. I just love, you know, I love when he gets friendly and goofy with with a lot of his friends, the, the Lenny missions, just fantastic. And, 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 and from that aspect, it's like, well, he can be a very playful dude, or he can be like a father to a kid in a way, you know, uh, that's not even his, but he, he cares about the people around him, yet he doesn't want to do what he's doing. He's just with a dickhead. Um, I, I just think there's, there's a great complexity to that that I just love about that and he's by far the best rock star protagonist I think they've ever had in their games. I think he's way better than John Marston. Like to me, John Marston doesn't even hold a candle to this fucking guy. To me. And knowing and that and that's like knowing how John Marston's story ends. And I think even he had a very uh, great but sad story, you know. Okay. I just I like Arthur Morgan a lot, so. My What's your number, number one? one character? You've already listed him. Peter Parker, oh, Spider-Man. I think he's wow. the best character this year. I think Interesting. he's the best handling of Spider-Man in a video game. I think would agree. his quips are good. Spider-Cop is a thing. Yeah. <laughs> I, I enjoy a lot. Um, I think the way he talks with Aunt May and... And tries to navigate the broken relationship he has with Mary Jane and how he, like, how he observe like, the ways he tries to help Dr. Octavius, but, like, just trying to give him the benefit of a doubt and just, like, the way he develops throughout the story and at the end understanding that some people are beyond help... But we've already spoiled Spider-Man before on our podcast. But the way he like deals with Doctor Octavius at the end is like it 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 shows character growth, right? And I feel like that's that's important when you're when you have a heavily narrative game with centered around a character. I feel like growth is one of the things that is very important. Right. Number one, I think I. Kratos, yeah, God of War. I, fi- I figured. Can you tell I like God of War? Yeah, I think. Um, I think so. Here's the thing with Kratos: it is that Kratos to me, and I liked the previous God of War games. 
very boring character when you really boiled down, you know, who he was. He's, he's angry. A, he's an angry man that wants revenge because he was tricked into killing his family. Okay. There was not much to him. Sony Santa Monica with the new God of War just took Kratos how he was and made everybody give a shit about him. I mean, he was, he was kind of, he's kind of a laughing stock in a way, you know, oh, Calliope, I'm so angry and mad. And, you know, they, they gave him so many different aspects of, um, you know, he, he's dealing with the past and all of the fucking brutal shit he's done. He doesn't want to do that again. He's got his son. He's learning how to take care of his son and, and, and to show him the way, but also he is dealing with knowing what his son is and what he might be and, you know, trying to not have him be like he was, um, just there's so many fantastic moments with Kratos as a character. And I never thought that would actually happen with this game. So that's why I have Kratos at number one, just to complete transformation of who he is. And hearing more about that and thinking about that, I, 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 there's, there's also the aspect of him being a God from a foreign land. Yeah. Trying to find his role in a new, in a new world. Right. It's, yeah, I. You know what? I'll give you Kratos. Okay. As long as I get Peter Parker, I'm fine with that. I am totally fine with that. I think I think Peter Parker's very well done. You know, when I think Peter Parker as well, especially this, I just think about how well he was written in, in the emotion. You know, towards the end of the game, specifically with like. Aunt May, Doc Ock, you know, it's just, those were really well done. It shows, like, you know, different side to them. So, man, there were some good characters this year. I will say, however, I have to say, Kratos is not the best dad of the year. That goes to Kiryu. Kiryu was the best dad (laughs) of 2018. If that were a category, best dad, I think Kiryu gets that. All right. Mm, this one Soundtrack. I had to do some listening today to get this in the right order. Yeah. I have five. You have four up here. My fifth is kind of a cheat. I have five. Okay. I'll close my eyes. <laughs> hold on, hold on, hold on. All right. You put it. Why do you put it in the we'll, seat? We'll get to it. All we'll right, get to it, motherfucker. <clears throat> My number five here is Life is Strange Two, and it's kind of cheating because it's a licensed soundtrack. Oh, and it's just in a but genre that I enjoy: indie pop slash rock. They have chosen some banging songs. You know, I'm not. That's not my style of music, but man, they fit the mood. Yeah, they absolutely. Yeah, yeah I can. I can see that's a, that's a good choice. Number four, you know, I think a few years ago, this, you know, probably would have been number one. I still think it's fantastic, but uh, Destiny 2 Forsaken. Oh, yeah. I think there's some fantastic music in there, but, you know, you know what you're getting with with the Destiny soundtrack at this point. Um, And it doesn't have as much nostalgia to, you know, 
maybe nostalgia is not the right word, but the, the original soundtrack for the first game has some very iconic, like, yes. themes. And Destiny 2 Forsaken doesn't have as many of them, but man, there's some great, you know, pounding sort of symphonic uh, music that, that happens during some of these intense fights. I love the, the uh, opening when you get to the title screen. Like, that's, that's well done. I mean, there, there's some really good stuff there. No Marty O'Donnell. Yeah. No Marty O'Donnell anymore. My number four, you probably have it higher here. God of War. Mm. I think the God of War soundtrack is great. It definitely gets across this grand scale. I feel like it matches the scale of the game and scale of what's at stake. It, it, I, I enjoy it a lot. I don't find it listenable outside of the game, though. Yeah. But that's, that's not necessarily... Uh, that isn't a huge knock against it. It's just that a lot of games with that kind of style I've, I usually can listen to outside of a game. But mm-hmm. I feel like God of War, it's just... It doesn't make sense to me. Right. Outside of the game. Uh, Minor 3? For I did Redemption 2. Okay. I think this game has a great soundtrack. By you know, the only thing is that this game is so huge that most people probably won't get to experience the great themes of this, you know, the soundtrack. Uh mm-hmm. but man, there are some fantastic moments of, you know, riding from one place to the uh, another, and you know, this fantastic acoustic guitar starts playing or these soft vocals. Like th- there's some really great great uh moments to the soundtrack and then also i love the whole you know it's not really original i guess because it's been done so many western movies but like their whole wild west like mm-hmm. like this like shootout standoff heist sort of shit like that stuff's really fun so. okay but there's some beautiful things in there. And then what I, I don't think I've experienced it in the game, but I listened to that. Um, it's called may I, that's what the song's called. Okay. It's what they played at the game awards. Oh, all right. Yeah. I listened to that. I'm like, man, that's really, that's well done. I don't, I don't think I've experienced it in the game yet though. Hmm. Not that I can remember. Oh. I'm trying to remember if it came up, but I, I'm, I'm drawing a blank right now. Mm-hmm. But on to my number three soundtrack, Monster Hunter World. I think it conveys the themes of the different areas, and I feel like the way that it, the way that it develops throughout the hunt, especially as time is running out, I think it's very clever about how it uses the soundtrack, especially like it changes a little bit when the time is running out or when you're close to de- close to defeating the monster and stuff like that. The way the music swells in those moments. And it's just good music, too. Mm-hmm. Or two. God of War. I like God of War, and I'm, I'm, I'm kind of a sucker for more symphonic music like this. Like, I love, like, symphonic metal, and so I love when these aspects are thrown into music. Uh, I can agree with you that listening to this outside of the context of the game, you know, isn't really the best, but man, with the context of the game and with the context of the moments, like 
And that first time Kratos pops out of the shadows, it's like, duh, 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 and have really low sort of stuff. Uh, and then, you know, whenever they talk about uh, Atreus's mother, like those sorts of things, it's moments that I think really make, make God of War and its soundtrack special to me. Uh, Bear McCreary is who did the soundtrack for this. He's done the soundtrack to some other TV shows I've watched. Dude just nails it. He's mm. just a great composer. So, yeah. Time for my number two here. Tetris Effect. I think Tetris Effect wow, has Wow, that's ex- not number one? No. Okay. I think Tetris Effect has an excellent soundtrack, but what pulls it away is that it relies on gameplay elements. Mm. So it sounds better if you get in a rhythm. I got you. But if you're out, but if you're not in a rhythm, it's it's kind of empty, especially if you're not taking many actions at a time. Right. Or if you're taking actions out of rhythm, it it, it is reliant on the player to make it sound better. I'm curious. They said they're working on a an official soundtrack that they're going to release. I'm curious what that'll sound like. But as it stands now in the game, it's very it's it can be excellent. Mm-hmm. It can be number one. But most of the time it isn't there because you're not always in rhythm when you're playing Tetris. I got you. Okay. Alright, so my number one. Which number one here? You have one in column B and in column C here. My actual number one isn't on PlayStation, and it's a little bit of a cheat. Is it? It's Smash Brothers Ultimate. Oh, okay. I think it's just, like, the greatest collection of video game music all in one spot, because of how many iconic themes are in there. Mm -hmm. It's, like I said, it's not... It's not really that it's on PlayStation. It's just a little bit of a cheat. You know what I mean? Because it's so a lot of this music's been around for a long time, but it's still so good. So my actual number one on this list, and I, f- I wonder if we share the same number one. We probably do. I have Celeste. Yeah, I have Celeste as well. Probably. It's been getting like... So this style of sound, this kind of... Uh, I don't know what... It's kind of synthy in a way. Yeah. But then it's kind of it, like it changes old school. too. It yeah. changes too with especially like I think like when you're I think are there parts where you're underwater too where it changes? I kind of remember that where it sounds like you're underwater. Mm-hmm. It's but then they also change it for like the for the, the B and sides. C sides. Yeah, and yeah it's it's it it delivers so well of what ha- what's happening in the game like you might have this just super fast intense section platforming section and the music's just mm-hmm. right there with you but then it also just hits the right notes at like key like emotional points in the story mm-hmm. it just it delivers and it delivers in like a very unique way whereas like god of war really nails it at key moments in the story but it's it's like it's orchestrated like symphonic music. We've heard that a lot. It's been in a lot of different movies. I'm not saying Celeste is wholly, you know, original, but I just feel like it nails it a little bit more, especially combined with like the visual style of the game. They, they just, they go yeah. together like butter on bread, baby. Yeah, it's, I, I love it. I love yeah. it so much. Agreed. I feel like Celeste 
because it didn't win it right. Best soundtrack at the yeah. Game Awards. Totally fucking robbed. Yeah. Obviously. Obviously, we feel different about it, but... All right, so Celeste, definitely our winner. I will concede God of War to you because because Tetris Effect is reliant on player interaction to be a better soundtrack. Okay. I can, I, I can totally get that point for sure. So yeah, Celeste, the winner, best soundtrack, God of War, the runner-up. Oh, Some great boy. soundtracks this year. Yeah. Hey, this is always just a fun award to go for. It is. And it's all it's also an excellent incentive to go back through like all of these awards are a great incentive to go back through and look at the year as mm-hmm. a whole. Yeah. And to go back and maybe listen to a soundtrack or just maybe read a plot summary or something like that of a game that you already completed just to fill in some of the blanks of your memory and all that stuff. Right. It's it's nice to be able to reflect like this. But Tyler, the knives are out. It is time for the big one. We're here, baby. Time for the biggin. The game of the year. Our favorite games. We each put 10 down. This one, I feel like, is the one where if we don't aggregate the score through, like, giving number one, like, 10 points and two, Mm -hmm. nine points and so on, I feel like if we don't do that, we're going to be here all night. Yeah. Right. So that's what we're going to do. We will talk about each game as we go through it. Yeah, and I think it's good to put the aggregate scores together because at least you get a rough order and then you can see what to fill in and then you can see, you know, maybe if you want to move something up and, up and down. So I like doing it that way. So I'm going to start us off at number 10, if you will yeah. allow me. Yeah, go ahead. I was just going to say, since we have 10 games, maybe we shouldn't talk about them too much, yeah. too much because I pretty sure most of them we've talked about a lot as we went through right i'm just going to double check to make sure that is the case. yeah most of these games i have talked about there are one or two exceptions right number 10 for me is call of duty black ops 4 i think it is an excellent complete package though it is missing a campaign i think it makes more than makes up for it with its blackout mode right number 10 is Guacamelee 2. I just think this is a fantastic Metroidvania. The way they give you all your different power-ups is just fantastic. The art's way better in this one. It still has that challenge, uh, but not too much. Uh, And, you know, it's not too much at once. They do a much better job, I think, putting it on a curve. It's just a fantastic game. I don't make myself sound stupid when I talk about this quick here my number nine is soul caliber six my favorite fighting game of the year i love soul caliber is just my favorite fighting series and to have a new one is just fantastic i think it has plenty of things to do if even if you play single player Mm -hmm. Uh, my number nine i have detroit become human uh i just think this is a very well put together Uh, kind of adventure story driven game Uh, and I like just kind of like I said earlier there's so many different ways that you can go through this and then it just has some very very gripping moments with some very difficult decisions and I just enjoyed the whole thing it was a lot better than I thought it was going to be my number eight and you're probably going to call this blasphemy for being so low is dead cells 
not blasphemy at all. It is in my top ten. That's what I'll say. This yeah. is a packed year, and it is in my top ten. Dead Cells, I think, is my... I think it is my, my scoring action platform. Platformer? Yeah. It's, it is a high... Yeah, it... I think it has an excellent loop, and it feels very good to play. Right on. Number eight. Celeste. Uh, Celeste is beautiful. Great soundtrack. Just the best part about it, though, is gameplay. Gameplay is just fucking awesome. Uh, it's got a very difficult challenge to it, but, you know, their um, accessibility options are fantastic in this game as well, and it's got a, got a great story to it, so... You know what? You said a lot about what I'm going to say about this next game. Seven for me is Celeste. Is interesting. My number seven is Dead Cells. <laughs> oh, <laughs> how, how would funny. you look at that? <laughs> yeah, I mean, Dead Cells just that loop, bro. Yeah, awesome. and I think Celeste has an excellent story in it as well. Like mm-hmm. it is, it is a and one of the best platformers to come out in recent yeah. years. And, but it also has an excellent narrative to it. Yeah, with a great kind of theme to mm-hmm. it as well. Yes. But then with Dead Cells, the one thing I'll say about Dead Cells is I am not a roguelike person at all. Like, that is not my genre. I don't like doing this, you know, doing this run, dying, and losing everything. That is not my thing. But the combat to this game, and then the way you upgrade stuff, just makes it appealing to me. All right. So that's the one thing I'll say about that. My number six is Nino Kuni 2. I didn't play the first Nino Kuni, so I was skeptical about whether or not I would like this game. I was so pleasantly surprised by Nino Kuni 2. It was so charming, and it looked so good, and it played pretty well. And there was just a lot to do there that I enjoyed, like helping out people throughout the kingdom, through other kingdoms uniting all the kingdoms and it had a pretty cool story with an awesome payoff right on uh, my number six assassin's creed odyssey uh this game's grown on me over time there's a lot of game in here but uh one you know the world's great and in, in greece just ancient greece works for this i think a lot better than ancient egypt uh cassandra's fantastic as a character the narrative's a lot more interesting uh, than than Origins, they made some smart gameplay improvements uh, with the way they've dealt with abilities, uh, and and then upgrading those abilities. The conquest battles are really sweet. You get these massive fucking Dynasty Warriors like battles, but they're better than Dynasty Warriors. And then uh, I'll say the one thing: I got in a fight with a fucking hog the other day. <laughs> Now, Grant, I was also was it a fat hog. It was a big fucking hog, and I was also inebriated. But that hog was a fucking cocksucker. I got him down three quarters before he killed me. But that was one of the best things that has ever happened in Assassin's Creed. Mm-hmm. Is that fight against that hog? <laughs> and I will come back and beat the fuck out of that hog one day. He's going down, man. Make it squeal. Yeah. All right. My number five game is Yakuza 6. All right. The final adventure of Kiryu Kazuma. And sending him off 
in the most bonkers story to date in a Yakuza game, and that is saying something. Yeah. <laughs> you need to... I need to play more Yakuza. You need to play more sure. Yakuza. Number five. I really did not think this would be here. Call of Duty Black Ops 4. Huh. Uh, I just, I love this game, and I need to play a lot more of it, but every time that I play it, I don't want to stop playing it. That is multiplayer and Blackout. But man, that blackout mode that we've, you know, all the times we've played, I've just fucking enjoyed the, the shit out of it. The noobs are coming. It's, the noobs are coming. Yeah, it's tight. It's just a tight game. I really didn't think that would be there for me. Number four for me is Hitman 2. Oh. I fucking love this game. It is so much fun to, and like the game. Hitman reboot. Uh, it is just the systems in it are just so fantastic, and the ways that you go through missions and how differently it can go for two different people. I think it's just it speaks. It there's I like games that you can tell stories about how you gone went through it, and I think Hitman Two does that the best yeah. best out of all the games yeah. I played this year. My number four. Red Dead Redemption 2. I, you know, we've talked ad nauseum of different aspects of this game, but I, I like it a lot. I love the story, characters, world. Gameplay doesn't bother me as much, even though I wish there was some more improvement there, but Red Dead. In 2018, a Tetris game gets my <laughs> third slot. Oh. Tetris Effect. I... I always want to play Tetris Effect. There's not a time in the day where I don't want to play Tetris Effect. It's just great. It is my it is my it is the relaxation tool of the year for me. Mm. Right on. Number three. Destiny 2 Forsaken. All right. Uh, I think the story delivers You're putting expansions on here, all right. Yeah, I mean whatever. It's it's you know, they've I'm just busting your they've balls. made Destiny 2 just an incredible game that it should have been, for sure. You shouldn't have had, you know, it, it shouldn't have been where it was. But uh, talk about, like, the Dreaming City being this just incredibly exciting, fresh new area for Destiny. Tangled Shore is great. The story was cool. The new weapons are cool. Gambit's awesome. It's just, it's lit. All right. Number two for me is God of War. Ooh. I think, yeah, it's just... I did not play the previous God of War games. I had no expectations really going into this God of War. And it just blew me, blew me away. Mm-hmm. Great. Number two. Spider-Man. Spider-Man, this is the best Spider-Man game ever made. Uh, arguably the best superhero game ever made. And they delivered on so many aspects from the combat feeling, you know, as Spider-Man should. Upgrades feeling great. Collectibles, not all of them, but a lot of them being fun. The city's great. Swinging's great. The story's great. The characters are cool. It's a hell of a game. All right. I think I know what your number one is. 
Well, it's but you have obvious. no clue what my number one is, dude. I think I might know what it is based off of what's not on here. That, yeah, that's Monster what I was thinking. Hunter World. Interesting. It is everything I wanted from a console Monster Hunter game. It is constantly like, even if I'm not playing it, it is always on my mind. Like, should I go back and should I get geared up in Monster Hunter World? Should I go back and do this new hunt, this new event? Am I like it's I'm always interested in what's going on in Monster Hunter World, even outside of playing it. But playing it early this year, I I think there was a good three months where I was just on Monster Mm -hmm. Hunter World constantly. Yeah. And it it was it felt so rewarding to play that game. There is a tedium to Monster Hunter and this is no different. But it is a tedium that I enjoy. Actually, it isn't. It isn't negative. It isn't negatively tedious. I, I feel like there's a, there's a value in it being like of repetition. There's a value in that, and it feels good. I think the combat is good enough to carry it through that. Mm-hmm. Right on. Unsurprisingly, my number one is God of War. Uh, dare I say? God of War, in my opinion, is the best game on PlayStation 4. That is my take, and I feel I'm serious about that. God of War is a top five video game for me of all time. Its story's great. Everything about it's fucking awesome, and it's a game that I constantly think about nearly every day. And I'm not kidding. It's just, it's special. All right. Well,. I think I'm going to order this through aggregation right now. Goff of War. Not not Jared Goff. He isn't doing too hot lately. No, Rams. Two losses in a row. Hey, God of War. Uh, And then it gets tricky. I think Tetris and Destiny are tied. And then it's, and then there's another tie there, three ways between Hitman Two, Red Dead Redemption Two, and Call of Duty Black Ops Four. Yep. Man, sorry, we're doing math in our heads right now. <laughs> RD Two slash Blops uh, Four. Um, and then it would be uh, Yakuza 6 and a tie between Nino Kuni 2 I'm not sure if we need to go down this far that Dead Cells and Celeste each have about 7 I think oh yeah looking at a Guacamelee 2 Detroit and I think Soul Calibur 6 probably won't make the cut Right, yeah. Okay. So I don't, I don't think we need to go down So, to and them. then we'll just do, after that, dead... Oh, wait, no. So, actually, dead cells and Celeste would be above those. Mm-hmm. Dad cells. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's a different thing. Uh, we don't want to talk about your dad cells. <laughs> actually, in fact, that's... All right, seven and eight, that would be uh, uh, four and three. No, no. Three and five, and that would actually be on the level with Yakuza 6. 
math wise. One, two, three. Oh, wow. So All we right. have 13 games here. Yes. We need to get rid of three of them. Get rid of three of them. Oh, man. Well, Nino Kuni 2 and AC Odyssey are out. Yeah, I can see that. I'll concede Yakuza out of this, so we have to pick between Dead Cells and Celeste. <laughs> How do we do this? <laughs> hmm. See. Mm, I'm going to throw something out. Yes, I had it at number three, but I could also be okay if we don't have Destiny 2 Forsaken on here, even... I mean, it's an expansion. Disqualified. It's just something that I... Disqualified. Destiny 2 Forsaken. Yeah. Not a video game that released this year. It's an expansion to a video game. Exactly. Disqualified. So there's our ten video games. Do I... Do we want to... Yeah, we have here's, to order here's the Here's the one thing. I will totally concede to you... Red Dead Redemption 2 going at number 10 based off of how much you dislike the game okay. versus how much I like it. I just I just think it should be on the list. Okay. So if that goes at number 10, because there's some other games that like, uh, like Hitman, I'm fine with being up higher. I feel like Dead Cells Celeste should be around, you know, maybe 6th, 7th, or 8th based off that's where we both had them. You know what I mean? All right. Maybe. Um, uh, I'm just throwing, throwing ideas around. Let's see. So, Basically. I will put Hitman 2 at number 9. I'm, I'm fine with that. Uh, Dead Cells. All right, so... Hmm. Yeah, I guess we just got to decide which order Dead Cells Celeste goes. Oh, no. I went down. Or we put... Yeah. Do we want to put Black... Where we want to put Black Ops? Yeah, that's that's the thing. That's, that is the thing in contention here, is where do we put Black Ops? Do we put it above Dead Cells and Celeste, or do we put it below Dead Cells and Celeste? Because I feel like those two need to be consecutive. I agree. I feel like they are so similarly... I would feel... Maybe they should, they should go below. Um... Because you had it at 10th. Yeah. I mean, I had it at 5th. Um, and I just also feel like Dead Cells and Celeste are just, they're exciting games. Okay. So, <laughs> here's the thing. I think, man. I'm fine if Celeste goes above Dead Cells. Okay. Well, that's what we're going to do then. Be, to, to me, like, those. I have Dead Cells on there just because I like playing it more, but those games still are so close to me um, in terms of enjoyment and in, in how good I think they are. Um, plus, Celeste is probably, in the long term, a little bit more special than Dead Cells is. Did we lose a game somehow here? Yeah. We only have nine games on this list. What the hell somehow did we, we lose? Something. Uh, so we have God of War. World, Spider-Man, Tetris Effect. Well, no, we had 13, and we took out... Oh. So, one of them can come back on, probably Yakuza. Alright. If, if I'm looking Yakuza at... It. Yeah, put Yakuza 6 on there. Maybe... Yakuza maybe. 6, right? Alright. Because I... 
I have things about Red Dead Redemption too. Yeah, I, I just, just grind my gears. I just want it on the list because I, I I like it a lot. It ain't for this filler. <laughs> I'm I'm you know I know there wasn't much debate there, but I'm happy with this list. All right, yeah, yeah, okay. Spider Man above Tetris Effect. How do we feel about that? Mostly, how do you feel about that? I haven't played Tetris. I feel okay. I mean, I don't feel great about it. I feel okay about it. <laughs> okay. I feel like God of War sharing number one. I mean, you had number two. I mean, Spider-Man was a fringe game for me. It was definitely on the fringes of being my number 10 game. Hmm. Got you. But I feel God of War being our number one game is fair. Two years in a row, games that take place in Norse mythology. Taking, yeah, taking their our best game. Right? Last year was Hellblade. Yeah. So this is your game of the year for 2018. It's God of War. Right on. First runner-up being Monster Hunter World. Second runner-up is Spider-Man. Oh, man. Let's do a quick review of all of the awards here. Our Outsider Award games that aren't on PlayStation. The winner being Forza Horizon 4, runner-up Battletech. Multiplayer, tightly contested category here. The winner is Call of Duty Black Ops 4 Blackout, and the runner-up is Destiny 2 Gambit. Most improved game. Uh, if you want to read any of these, just yeah. chime in. The winner for the most improved game is No Man's Sky, runner-up Destiny 2. Disappointment. Winner, Far Cry 5. <laughs> Runner-up, Fallout 76. I feel like a lot of people will agree with those two. Yeah. I agree. Not that that matters, but... Yeah. Technical achievement. Things that just wowed us. Winner, God of War. The Runner-up, Call of Duty Black Ops 4. More towards, more uh, leaning towards that black op- blackout mode. The Rubber Ball Award. Winner is Mother Gunship, a game that I played for one week and never touched again. <laughs> Runner-up, Far Cry 5. Even somehow you managed to push your way through that game. Podcast, baby. Yeah. Style. The definition of style won this in Tetris Effect, runner-up being God of War. <coughs> Best character of 2018 is Kratos, runner-up Peter Parker. Right. The best soundtrack, Celeste, runner-up, God of War. God of War getting a lot of runners-up, but overall, winning our game of the year right? with Monster Hunter World right behind it. I'll run down our list quick, because we were doing some monkey math to get it there, but at number 10, Red Dead Redemption 2. Number 9, Yakuza 6. Number 8, Hitman 2. Number 7, right? Yeah, number 7, Black Ops 4. Number six, Dead Cells. Number five, Celeste. Number four, Tetris Effect. Number three, Spider-Man. Number two, Monster Hunter World. God of War. I feel pretty good about that list. Yeah, I mean, the more that I look about it, look about it, look at it, the more I like it. That's a damn good list of games. Yeah. Holy shit, that's a strong list. And there are other games that I played this year. We'll talk about it next week, about other mm-hmm. games that we might not have talked about Uh my actual list, though, 
you know, if we're including literally everything that came yeah. out this year, is number 10, Celeste, 8, or 9, Dead Cells. Uh, let's see here. I'm all fucked up. I'm all fucked up with this. Number mm. 8, Black Ops 4. Right? No. Number 8, Assassin's Creed Odyssey. Number 7, Black Ops 4. 6, Red Dead Redemption 2. 5, Destiny 2 Forsaken. 4, Smash Brothers Ultimate. 3, Forza Horizon 4. 2, Spider-Man 1, God of War. That's mm. my actual list. Uh, I haven't gone, gotten around to my actual list. Uh, I will be posting that within the next week or so. So you can pay attention to me on the internet. You can find that. Um, I'm also someone else from another podcast actually requested me record a minute about my personal game of the year, which of course I've revealed here is BattleTech. I'll be writing something up and recording that Sunday to submit. Um, yeah, it was an excellent game, excellent year for games. Mm-hmm. There are plenty of games here that I would have loved to talk about more, but we can do a little bit of year in review and looking ahead next week. We've had a very long podcast this week. Yeah, I think, you know, it might be interesting to look back at some of the more, like, events or news that yeah. happened this year. and could be interesting as well. Yeah. But, yeah, this is definitely the longest podcast we've recorded. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> if you have any bitches or gripes about our lists here, you can send those to us via email at PlayStationReportPodcast at gmail.com. Or via Twitter at PS Report Podcast. Give us ratings, reviews, share us with your friends. Uh, try not to get too angry because these are opinions and you can have your own. Uh, if you want to find me on the internet and bitch at me for not liking Red Dead Redemption 2 as much as you, you can do that at the Arctic Sloth. You can find Tyler and his YouTube channel with a bunch of list videos I, that are churning. Yeah. Over at Plugged on Vids. We have a lot to make still. <laughs> yeah. It's end of year I time. Think, I think we have seven. Yeah, we have a full week going up. We've only made two. Ooh, we got to get on it because they're starting the 25th. They're starting on Christmas, I think. Nice. An excellent Christmas gift for all of you who celebrate the holidays. For everyone else, just have a great week. We'll catch you next week with a 2018 year in review and a look ahead to 2019 next week. Until then, be good to each other, play your video games, and happy Christmas.